Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. All right. Good morning out there, sports fans. <clears throat> if I sound a little hairy, that's a good. there's a good reason for that. I woke up about 20 minutes ago or so. Uh, I don't think I've slept that hard in my life. And uh, it took me about 20 minutes just to be coherent again. Uh, but I'm glad to be with you this morning. I hope my voice uh, holds out. Sitting across from me is JP. JP, how was the drive up this morning? You know, the drive up uh, this morning was absolutely great. You know, I'm, 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 I'm fresh alive. I'm great. I'm good to go. I had a great night's rest last night. Um, slept in, made myself some big, big old steak fajitas, and, uh, you know, had a good night, so... I tell you what, I mean, I, I, I was, we were out having a few drinks last night to celebrate, uh, or I guess just celebrate the workers leaving, you know, the, the company. And, uh, it was, I, it's like one of those times where you're like, man, I actually kind of wish I had been at home because the Broncos had such a sick draft yesterday, in my opinion, that, uh, it would have been really fun to sit there and watch all the coverage and all that stuff. And obviously you can watch the replays on things and, and read about it and stuff, but it's just fun in the moment sometimes to see that. And, uh, you know, but like I said, uh, in Bronco Nation here, which is our local home, uh, I have a feeling people are very happy today. Uh, doesn't mean that the team is going to suddenly go from a five and eleven team to a ten and six team or eleven and five team, but looks like good building blocks after having a good draft last year. So that'll be a big positive. How did you feel about just without getting into it? How did you feel about the Eagles? Uh, you, you know what? I'm really excited about what the Eagles did. Um, I know we're going to get through that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I was really excited. Their first pick was not glamorous, but much needed. And it was the best guy at that position. And they got a sleeper on the West coast down there from Stanford, <laughs> baby. I love it. And they got my Penn state boy. He was Saquon Barkley's backup. He trained with him. He lifted weights with him. I'm a happy man. Yeah, we will talk about that later. But boy, they sure are going running back heavy. Um, and I mean, just as, as a franchise. But I guess that's not really anything new. Uh, I think we have Nate on the phone. Nate, how are you doing down there in uh, West Denver? What's up, fellas? Uh, good morning to you. I am. Uh, I also slept very hard last night. <laughs> And just got up about 20 minutes ago. I was trying to get my car started, and uh, the battery is dead. So I don't know if I left the dome light on or uh, headlights. I'm not real sure. But, Sounds so. like a dome light, a headlight, uh, maybe your your Miller light, Bud light. For once, I'm the fresh guy. It's Saturday morning. I've been up since 5 a.m. I tell you what. I mean, there's this. this, this I was going to try and go see uh, Endgame today after after the show. And I don't even know if I can go to a movie because I don't think I can stay that awake. The, that's the Avengers movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got three friends who have seen it so far. Um, I didn't have the cash to buy a ticket um, to the group that I usually go to movies with, that are going like today or like one o'clock or well, so. Well, I, I keep hearing I don't want to I don't want to interrupt, but I keep hearing people say, "Don't say anything," so don't spoil the movie. Right. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, that be careful not to ruin it for the people. I've stayed off of like I've I've muted all the pages yeah, I have on Facebook I mean, that I are see that not everywhere. just close friends. And all friends are like, you know, hey, no, don't spoil this for each other. Because this, you know, after Infinity War, which was such a good sci-fi movie, and with how disappointing the Star Wars movies have been, it's like, we really don't want to ruin what should be at least the one great movie this summer. Right. And the returns are so far that way. I've gotten, I've heard a 9, I've heard a uh, an 8.5, I've heard an A+. So 
those are, and those are all from people that I respect their uh, sci-fi opinions. So uh, I'm very excited to go see the film. But like I said, today, I don't know if I could even make it through because I think I would fall asleep <laughs> in my seat. Uh, may just be, be a crash out in the recliner and watch well, the rounds of the draft that don't matter. <laughs> let's let's get a signal ready. If you're going to hurl, so I, I just oh, got to text There's no you. nausea. There's no nausea. Don't worry about that part. No, no, no nausea. Just, uh, just. I don't even know how to describe it's like you know when you wake up from a dream that was super intense and you wake up and like your face is numb and your head is like swimming and stuff like that that's just how I felt when I woke up oh yeah and I rarely on a Saturday do I sleep in past when the alarm goes off because that's almost an hour and a half after I get up for work on weekdays so for me to do that I must have been just tuckered last night but uh either way uh Nate we're sorry that you got stuck down there hopefully uh uh, the Sprint signal is good enough to keep the phone sounding clear. God knows Sprint has gone in the toilet in the last two weeks. So uh, just kind of giving up faith on that company. But uh, as far as the sporting world, uh, you know, we're going to try and cover today, obviously, the NFL draft, which is epic. Um, I'm sorry. What are you looking for? Oh, um, well, those are yours. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are we are organized wait, wait, here. Wait, wait a second. I got a couple extra plus over here. You got a you got like. What did you manage? say? Miller Light, Bud Light. <laughs> yeah, and 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 no one should ever be excused for drinking a Miller Light. Let's just make that clear. MGD and M- and Miller Light are probably the two grossest things ever created by human beings. I mean, Bud Light and Miller and Coors Light suck. But let's just be honest, they're just carbonated water with a little bit of isopropyl alcohol mixed in. So uh, a little don't, bit different. Don't forget about your corn syrup. You know, that's kind of crazy to think. Like, why would you need a corn syrup in beer? <laughs> I don't but know. I don't know. I mean, the but corn those, those, really, those really were great commercials, though. <laughs> right? I just and, – and now it's all of a sudden getting dark in here. Did you guys see the weather report for Monday? Oh, yeah. Seven inches of snow. Seven but inches. It's, it's going to be rain then too, so it it shouldn't last very long. I'm thinking it'd be too warm for it to really stick. I mean, it's all right. going to melt as it lands. But it's just crazy to think that it could snow that much during the day on Monday and Tuesday, exactly uh, this late in the year. But I, I'm happy with it because anything that drops the temperature below, you know, seventy oh, is, is, a, is a joy. Uh, so again, we're going to cover the NFL draft, which was the fun draft. I got to say, is one of the few that I've actually found thought were interesting. Um, and I think it's because there's less clear cut number ones. Um, in consensus on positions. And I think that helps make the draft more interesting because people will reach. And it's not necessarily a reach because we don't have any idea until the, until the until three years from now, right? That, that's when you know if the draft was a success or not. So um, we also want to cover the NBA playoffs, which are getting down to the nitty gritty, uh, especially for our hometown nuggets. Uh, we've got the NHL playoffs, which boy, we've seen a couple of teams get knocked out that are a shock. And I actually got home uh, in time to watch the second and third period of the uh, avalanche game last night and uh, boy that was uh, staggering to go from a nice tight game and then a lead to a just a shellacking so um yep, yep, you know yep. screw that um and then uh, also we want to go over some of the biggest busts or bursts concerning fantasy baseball although we kind of did that a little bit on our uh, fancy podcast we'd yep. like for you to tune into that that's on our webpage at blog talk radio uh you can also get it on itunes as a podcast we're stitcher Tune in radio and iHeartRadio. Yeah, I got the first 15 minutes of that show, and then my internet single went to hell uh, where I was at, so I couldn't. I kept going in and out, in and out, in and out. It was nothing with you guys. It sounded great. I haven't had a chance to listen to the whole show, but half of my fantasy team is almost injured on both teams. I think it's it's been a copious year for injuries <laughs> and a copious year for underperformers. Yeah, but but I mean it's also it's just a yin yang kind of season. It's just it's it's like either your players are doing exactly what you want in gangbusters or they're just garbage, and it's a uh, it's not that that doesn't – I mean, not like that doesn't happen every season, but 
It's a little more pronounced, a little more extreme this year. And uh, so we covered a lot of that information. And uh, we also covered on who you should start, who you shouldn't start, who you should pick up, who you should not pick up, and um, give you some information or some some tidbits of uh, advice on when to sit a struggling top draft pick. So, uh, yeah, again, that's our Fantasy Roundup 1. You can find that on any of our any of our pages and uh, on the podcast media world. And um, I also want to just kind of highlight a couple of players that have been called up and, and what that means for their teams today, if we have a chance to get to that. But that may not happen with how, uh, how busy our notes really are. Right. So we've got two uh, sports defensive trivia questions of the week. Do you want to read them both? Yeah, sure, man. So sports defensive trivia questions of the week. Today is 427, 2019. First question, which NBA teams have the most consecutive losses in NBA history? That's an interesting one because I know there's some bad NBA oh, teams over the years. I, there's a word I left out. I think that I was thinking. Is playoff it playoff? Losses. I thought that's what you meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's me. That's on me. So which NBA teams have had the most consecutive playoff losses in NBA history? I, I think I know one of them already. And, of course, um, it has a little bit to do with you know the current playoffs, yeah. as a lot of our questions do. So sorry about that. that that's okay. So it's playoff losses. So I think I already have one of them so when we get to the halfway point. And the second question, 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 question. How do you like that? Who's the question? question. Is, is, you're a freshman, a question and a sophomore? Or, I mean, what's going on over With here? With a middle light, a beer light, <laughs> and a headlight. <laughs> okay, so since the draft is uh, today, and we've had back-to-back number one, both from Oklahoma, uh, Heisman Trophy winners go number one um, in consecutive years. When, ha- when was the last time Heisman Trophy winners went number one in consecutive years? The last time. So it's happened this year and last year. The last time that it's happened. I think I know, because I think it's kind of recent. But I won't, don't, 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 no hints. But I'm just, not going to give you a hint because that's what I thought too. Yeah, I know one recent number one pick, but whether or not it was sandwiched with another number one pick, I'm not sure. And that's that's going to be the the crux of the question. I'm right. sure is yeah. is finding that that duality. So yeah, good questions. And for that NBA question about the consecutive playoff losses, I have the top four, but there really is just one top answer. But I thought I'd throw in some other, you know, the other ones that came behind it, just yep. so uh, for S's and G's kind of thing. Um, we don't want to spend a ton of time on this because Masters was kind of a while ago, and we missed last week for 420 and Easter. Um, but a quick shout out to Tiger Woods oh, for yeah. uh, getting the green jacket. How about it, man? I just I love seeing it. Uh, it was awesome. I made sure to watch uh, all day Saturday, Thursday, Friday, and all day Saturday, and then uh, I watched holes one through eleven. And then I had to take off for a little bit, but I got 16, 17, 18 green jacket. And uh, I was good to go, man. I was, I was loving seeing Tiger back. Yeah, yeah. And Nate, Nate how, how did you feel watching uh, Tiger's reemergence into dominance? Well, I mean, that was as much fun as I've had watching golf in a long time. In fact, I think that's the most golf I've watched in a long time as well. I usually don't throw it on for more than a couple of minutes, but man, that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I think I watched most of it Saturday and almost all of it on Sunday. So, uh, just so compelling, you know, Tiger, it's always good for golf and Tiger wins. No, I totally agree with you. Uh, you may want to move to a different seat because your phone signal is kind of cutting in and out, um, oh. but it may not. It, but with Sprint, who knows if there's any solution for that. Um, yeah, you may want to Sprint to it. Dude, I am so angry. Can I get a with room sprint. shot there? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I just sprint is just 
I just I hate business, man. Businesses just stink. I mean, they just they just lie. All they do is lie yeah, to you that's what all they do. the time. It's just it's just amazing what's come of business in this country. But anyway, um, you know, go on. They'll they'll lose us as customers, and that'll they'll they'll I'm sure they won't even notice. So you know, they'll keep they'll keep going on being unscrupulous. Blimp on the radar, and uh, right, nothing, and a, a little thing there that no one sees in the uh, accounting office. Right. No one no one cares. Yeah. Um, especially when they merge with someone. So, um, I gotta say. I don't like watching golf for the most part. I watch most of Friday and or most of Saturday after the uh, show. And then I saw almost all of Sunday of Tigers match. Cause you know, they started early and stuff and they had a, and they had three man groupings and stuff to try and beat the Which weather. Worked out great for me. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cause the thing got over earlier. Yeah. And um, man, watching Tiger down those last four holes, it was just like watching Tiger like 15 years ago. And I don't know if it's yep. just that he's healthy for the very first time in in ten yep. years or eight years or whatever it is, but man, but he I, was just laser focused. I got to tell you what though, when Tiger took off his hat, get some hair plugs, shave your head, do something to that mop up there, Tiger. Man, you're showing your age when you take your hat off. Keep your hat on. <laughs> well, weird thing is, I heard people were throwing a bunch of shade. On his girlfriend, who he's been with for a while now. Yeah, he, he's and, been with her because it was, uh, I think it was Lindsay Vaughn, then this girl. Mm-hmm. And she was like a manager of one of his restaurants, I think yeah. it was, or, or Bar and Grills. And they got to know each other and started dating, and now yeah. they've been together for a while. And people were throwing shade on her for being in the picture with him and his kids, like when he would do things. And it's like, dude, this is her man. That she's, she's supporting him. She's obviously been important in his coming back to yeah. prominence. I mean, you know, getting a, a steady life is important. When your life and when your life and your career is in chaos, it's rare to get your career back in line until your life is back in line. I mean, it's just yeah. it's too hard to focus like that, especially when you no longer have just the raw talent and and fresh face that'll get you by everything. You know, especially in this social media world. That oh we God! Have. So you know, stop ripping on her. She was just happy. You know, she's with a, a no, yeah, she's with a famous athlete, and yeah, he's rich, but. You're, you're basically saying that no one who's a famous, rich athlete can marry or date anyone who's not already themselves a rich, famous athlete. And that's silly. Why would you want that? I mean, I can see how some marriages, they, they are built on the mutual support for, you know, I'm a famous musician, you're a famous musician, and we can support each other that way and whatnot. But you know what? I can see how it would also be much more appealing to not date someone famous if you're famous. Like, at least they're only following me. They're not following both of us all the time. Right, You right. know? So anyway, a uh, huge shout out to Tiger. Quick question for both of you. Um, and Nate, you go first. How many more um, uh, majors do you think Tiger wins now that we now know he can win them again? Well, that's a really good question. I, I think let me preface it by saying this. So he had a real similar surgery to what Peyton Manning had when he was here in Denver. It was like a spinal cord neck fusion surgery. And I remember, you know, it took Peyton a little bit to get going. But, man, once he did, he had quite a year. Uh, In fact, I think it was pretty much a record-setting year, something like 55 touchdowns and and, uh, 5,000-plus yards. But then, you know, he kind of tailed off after that about two years after that, two to three years after that. So I think Tiger's window is pretty small. I think he's got maybe three to five years to win more majors. That being said, I think he gets one more this year. And then I think he gets one more after that. So my guess would be 
two more. So I don't think he gets to 18. I think he gets to 17. And 18 is the record? 18 is, 18 is, uh, is the record. Jack would need the record. So he, yeah. would need, he would need three to break the record? Three to tie. Three to tie, four to tie. Okay, yeah. four more, yeah. four more, four more. That's a hill to climb. That's yeah. a hill. JP, how about you? Well, um, they're playing Beth, Beth Page Black in New York this year for the U.S. Open, and he's already won on that course many times. Um, so I think he could win there again this year if he stays in the same health at the, that he was at the Masters. So I think he can. He's at, he might be the odds-on favorite to win there right now. Um, I can see him doing that. Uh, I don't know where the the Open Championship um, is is this year. I don't remember uh, which uh, course they move. They moved courses every year for the Open Championship. Um, I don't remember which course they're playing this year. Um, and then the PGA is always the PGA. So I mean, like Nate said, he has a very very small window. I think of playing this kind of competitive golf. So I think he gets to 17. The, the question is, is, once he gets to 17, how much pressure is he going to put on himself to try to get to 18? That's the biggest question. And will that pressure, um, you know, be detrimental to his health and his, you know, his status and, and everything in the, and with his mental status and everything like that? No, I, I can so totally see that. Just to, pipe, just to pipe in real quick, Royal Portrush is where the uh, Open Championship That's right. is this year. So, JP, what are the four majors again, just so I know? Uh, it's the Masters, the U.S. Open, the PGA, and the Open Championship. So which of those is in, in Europe? The Open Championship. Open Championship, okay. They used so, to call it the British Open. Now it's called the Open Championship. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, I think you guys have great assessments, and you, and you all certainly know more about golf than I do. Um, I would say the one thing that's a positive for Tiger is that he's not going to get hit the way Peyton was getting hit. You that's know? true. Now, Peyton often that's, why I gave him, that's why I gave him five years instead of three. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, and, and we could easily see, you know, just boom, next three weeks from now, he could, you know, have uh, symptoms of his old problems come up and then, you know, it's all whatever. But, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a fan and I just want to see him get close, if not, you know, win that champ or, or overcome. Um, you know, it's even a little more interesting to have the adversity. And then still end up, you know, winning the breaking the records and everything like that. And I just got to say, it's just amazing the difference having Tiger out there playing. I mean, I can't watch golf, but I can watch Tiger play. Well, it's it's the Tiger roar that you hear on that golf course. It's like watching Happy Gilmore, right? It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are excited. People are energized. I mean, it just even when you have other people scoring and hitting the ball amazing. There's just not the same energy as there is for Tiger because he's just one of those transcendent players. And I don't know if we ever really know what what causes that. You know, the Babe Ruth, the Michael Jordan, the Tiger Woods. You know, I don't know. For football, do we ever do we ever can talk about like is there an iconic football player? Because it almost seems like it's more team based. Well, it's team based, but you got to remember, um, uh, Tiger Woods' dad, Earl, uh, who passed away way back a lot of years ago now, um, <clears throat> had a golf club in his hand at the age of three, and he was actually on TV. Hitting golf balls into a into a you know like a, a pitch pack. Yeah, it was like on Johnny Carson yeah, or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So, uh, what were you waving at? Uh, the, the, the spit flying out of my mouth. Oh, spittle. <laughs> spittle. Uh, spittle happens. Um, <laughs> I uh, yeah. So I mean, I I just I hope he does well. I think that it would serve the game of golf well if I haven't finished off on, on strength. And uh, I think that and also it's interesting how Tiger 
reemerging in dominance, the way Kobe came back after his whole hubub, it really shows you that in this <laughs> hubub, uh, in this country, if uh, if you achieve, everything else is negotiable. And uh, so, you know, it all took us one title again for Tiger to now be back on the top of the supporting world. And it is. And, and, and golf uh, needs Tiger to do that because there really hasn't been that, that unamic, enormous player after Tiger came out of grace that really just said, on the forefront, on the leader, right. everybody's kind of took a little bit of a turn at it, and they they've kind of hit something here, then they missed something there, and it's kind of been a roundabout of players. I, I think what's interesting, you can also note as a parallel to like the music industry, like they talk about in the '90s and the 2000s and even the '80s, how um, people would throw shade at Madonna, but. Madonna outlasted everybody. She did. You know, I mean, she went through Cindy Lauper. She went through Janet Jackson. Although Janet Jackson never really disappeared, but she, you know, well, she something kinda... appeared on the Super Bowl stage <laughs> that one time. But I... <laughs> she ruined our Super Bowls forever. Um, you know, but it's just, you know, she kind of she can't hang hung on, and all the flashes or or even long flashes. Well, Madonna's timeless. You know, yeah, and, and and I think Tiger's showing that same kind of thing. Yeah, it's like it's just like Jack I mean, is timeless. It was like what, like ten years in between Masters wins. I mean, that's got to be an, that's an epic. Yeah, it's 2014. Yeah, I'm sorry, it was 14 years. 2005 was his last Masters. So, I mean, there are careers that don't last 15 years, and this guy won two Masters on the bookends of 14 years. That's that's just unbe- that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, what we should be what we should be talking about is this is this the greatest comeback of all time in sports history? You know, to that go through what he's gone through. And then be able to come back and win a major 14 years later, that's pretty impressive. I would say if he wins another one, then that really puts him in the discussion. I think you could, as silly as it sounds, you could say this was a single you know, blip that got him back in the thing, and he just happened to have four days where he felt right and – and the and the other people around him didn't do well enough to beat him, kind of thing. But I mean, uh, I don't want to could say <laughs> that, but he also won last year. He won a tournament last year, and he competed yeah. in a bunch of majors. Right, he was right. in the top five or ten in at least two of the majors. So I don't know. I mean, does he have to win all the time to be considered a comeback? I just think he has to win at least one more major. But if he does yeah. that, then I he's all the way back. Yeah. Because I just think, well, like I said, it what, just, you know, what stories come to mind to, that are more that are more compelling than his to you for comebacks? Oh boy, off the top of my head, that's tricky. But I would say Peyton's definitely one of them. Going from being completely out of it to going back and winning the Super Bowl and, and breaking all the records, um, I think Joe Montana is a pretty big comeback after he had the uh, elbow issues and the arm issues. Uh, in San Francisco, and then the controversy with Steve Young, and then going to Kansas City, and and he didn't win another title there, but he took a team or he took a franchise that had been just a joke and uh, made him competitive for about five years. Um, can you think of any on your top of your head? I'm, I'm trying to pull something out of my head here because I know this was discussed after he won the Masters, and I'm trying to think of what they brought oh. up as eluding me. I, I, you know, I think Muhammad Ali was one that was brought yeah. up. You're right. Um, he took some time off, obviously, and then came back and won some pretty big fights. Um, you know, Michael Jordan is another one that comes to mind, right? He left the game for, what, three years? Two years? I, I think it was one season and a three-quarters of a season. Something like uh Maybe two. Right, yeah, I think it was at least two years because... 
Was it? Because I know he left that one year. Base- I have a baseball oh. card from 91 upper deck. That's, he started, like, kind of trying to make that comeback. And then I actually have his baseball rookie card, which is a 94. So it must have been more than two years, maybe three. Okay. Yeah, I just remember the one year that – because he left, and then Scotty took him back to the uh, to the Eastern Conference Championships where they almost went back to the to the finals. You, you know what? I, I, Nate, you're right. Um, I remember them talking about this when they compared Jordan to LeBron and saying Jordan has that six six titles, but and because this was brought up with uh, Tom Brady too with the, with everything that Jordan in the prime of his career took three years off to go play baseball and then came back and played and mm-hmm. won three more. Yeah. That's why he's the greatest player ever yeah. to me. I mean, just that's a see. So he should have had basically nine titles in a row. Basically. You know. Be interesting to see who they would have brought into that team in those mid years uh, if Jordan had still been there, you know, because I mean he really had a different team in the beginning and in the end. I mean, you had Horace Grant and mm-hmm. Paxton and B.J. Armstrong and um, who was the uh, coach? Who was, who, uh, no, Kukoc coach was on the second run of teams. Um, oh, I thought that's what you said. Kerr. No, Kerr was on the he second had run. Horace Grant. He had Bill Cartwright. Oh, uh, Bill Cartwright. Dennis Rod. Dennis Rodman. No. No, Dennis Rodman's on the older team, the second team. Oh. But, you know, I just – but we're talking they – yeah. they were severely – it was just Jordan and Pippen were basically the only the two things that were on both sets of teams that I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, the, Bill Cartwright and John Paxson, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who was, the, right. who was the uh, – who was the – was it Luke Longley? Is that who was center for him in the second team? But that the, was the, the second team, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the center. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so being completely different teams. And, uh, but he still came back and they just dominated, you know. So, would have been interesting to see what he had done if he had uh, never had to leave. But, oh, well, that's the hindsight, you know, that's, that's, that's the past. And we can reminisce all we want, but we'll never see that kind of player again. But, hey, at least we were alive uh, during his prime. And at least, at, at least one of the greatest ever. Yeah. And then also Tiger, who could easily be already characterized as the greatest ever in golf because of the way he changed the game. Um, but even if you wanted to say these other guys, he's not the greatest until he breaks those records, or if he breaks those records, at least we got to see him. You yeah, know? we definitely got to see him. And, I mean, we were in our prime when he was in. I mean, he's our age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, like well, as, as they say in the movie Major League, most of us never had a prime. You know, but <laughs> so, I'm still um, in my. Prime. <laughs> I'm still in the prime. Wow, Johnny Ringo, it looks uh, like someone just walked all I over. I thought mine was coming still. <laughs> right, right. My my big time is still not ahead of me. I'm still waiting to hit it. <laughs> Assuming I still do win the win the Mega Millions, which I've uh, sadly rarely get more than <laughs> one number on. If I even get that, or it just it passed and I didn't realize it. <laughs> sadly, I think we're all. Gonna- I, I think we were all asleep on our prime then. Right? It's like it's like it's like it's like like like, like uh, Homer Simpson when he was get, getting into marijuana and uh, they had the vote, you know, and they had the big rally and stuff. And they're all sitting there cheering and stuff. And he's like, "And tomorrow we're gonna win this thing." And somebody goes, "That was yesterday." And he holds up a newspaper and says it failed. He goes, "Oh, we spaced it." That's a classic. <laughs> That's a classic. Oh, dude, it's like it's like yep, yep. It's like it's like oh, I had a prime. I just wasn't there for it, you know. But anyway, uh, on to the NFL draft. And again, I couldn't be more thrilled with this draft. Um, I, it's, I, 
I know we can't say anything until a little time has passed and we actually know how these players pan out, but I am so looking forward to the possible opportunity to all the people who love to razz me on Facebook about how John Elway is a corrupt and, and pointless GM. He's a complete idiot. He should be fired because, in my opinion, they have had an A-plus draft. I mean, they have knocked it out of the park. And, that's, of course, it depends on how these players pan out. But in terms of just on paper, couldn't I, I, I can't even imagine anything better except that I would have loved to have gotten a top-shelf middle linebacker, but they will, would have sacrificed two of these players to get that middle linebacker. And we filled holes that are very big to fill on a team that desperately needed to fill them. So, okay. So I don't disagree with what you just said there. And obviously I've been saying Drew Locke is going to be a Bronco. And it, <laughs> you it happened. It happened. But you but, thought that was going to be a pick number 10. But here's the thing. <laughs> I will say this overall, I'm going to give him a B plus because on the first day, the tight end he took is a second day draft pick. Because the best available tight end at that point was Junior from Alabama. He didn't take Junior from Alabama, so I give him an F on his first-round draft pick. He basically spent a first-round draft pick on a second-round pick. Who did get Junior? Who did get Junior from Alabama? Uh, oh, Junior went to I, – oh, I was trying to pull up the draft on here, and it, I can't – ESPN is not uh, – I think the Vikings drafted him. Yes, I'm sorry. I was going to actually text you, but I didn't know if you were watching it. Yes, the Vikings. <laughs> Does that mean they took him in the second round? Because they took a center in the first round. They did take him in the second round. Yes. So are you sure that you're just not placing him ahead of value? I, I don't watch college football, so I don't know the real true rankings on these guys. Well, here, well, here, I just know that Mel Kuyper seemed to think that the tight end from Iowa – I mean, he, he was the second tight end from he's Iowa. The second, here, here's the thing about Iowa. They play in the Big Ten West, which is the weaker conference or division than the Big Ten East. Um, Iowa's very run, tight end driven, so his stats are inflated because that's the way they play the game there. So his physical attributes are good, but they're not great. Now, if you look at Junior from Alabama, his physical attributes are unbelievable. Nate, you're going to love this kid. This kid was my second-rated tight end after uh, TJ, uh, the first tight end from Iowa. Now, the other Iowa tight end is a second-round pick. I mm-hmm. have no problem with that. I thought, I thought the Patriots were going to take Junior from Alabama with a 32nd pick. Gotcha. Well, then, I was actually kind of surprising they didn't with I was Gronk. very surprised at that. Yeah, losing Gronk is going yeah. to be, a, gonna be something to <clears> – they've had now, well, ever since the player, they've be, had – I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots make an offer to the Vikings for Kyle Rudolph. Oh, that's not a bad idea. That's interesting thought. Well, I mean, if the Vikings bringing in a young guy, you know, Rudolph's in the last year of his contract. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Kind of be nice to have that dual threat, two tight end set, though. Like, it would. It would. Oh. Yeah, especially, especially with the two receivers. The two receivers that we have, too. So, I mean, that definitely opens up the field quite a bit. Well, with the way that Ponder is throwing – or uh, not Ponder, but uh, who they get? Uh, Cousins was throwing Cousins, picks. I mean, yeah. give, them, give them some better, you know, over-the-middle targets and whatnot. Because yeah. I do think it's going to be an issue for the Patriots losing Gronk is Tom Brady has had that over-the-middle guy for so long. Yes, and yes. I know people may say, oh, well, he's got James White who can go over the middle. But James White went over the middle short. Gronky went over the middle 
deep or mid, and that op- that pulled back the linebackers and pulled off the safety to open up the underneath pass for James White. So, I mean, I'm sure Belichick will figure it out, and so will Josh McDaniels because they've been doing it for forever. Um, but you know, will be uh, it will definitely be an adjustment period for Tom, who's had that just dominant force in Gronkowski uh, quite a few years, at least when he wasn't injured. So, um, as far as between. The, the tight end the Broncos got and the tight end junior from Alabama. Do you think, do you think either, do you think the one from Alabama has better hands? Um, I, I think he's better coordinated. He's better at a pass, pass a, or, or route running. If you look at the highlights, I mean, he plays for Saban. He plays in pro style offense. He played against pro style defenses is really what I'm going to say to you. Um, I think he had seven touchdowns last year. Um, some of the catches he made were outstanding. He can play the slot. He can do anything you want. He run blocks. Wow. He does everything. So he's a good blocker. Yeah, that's, a, that's the thing is he can block well. And I think Fant kind of is missing that piece from his game. I think all, Fant is almost like a receiver where he, if he's on the field, he's going to be catching the ball. And so that does worry me a little bit with Denver. You know, they're going to have to – have to teach him how to block. Otherwise, the de- the defenses will dictate to them because they'll know what's going to happen when he's on the field. Nate, you hit it right on the head there. You're, you're exactly right. TJ was the better tight end. He was the blocking tight end and the pass catching. I looked up the stats from uh, uh, the Penn State game. Uh, TJ had more ca- or TJ had more yards, uh, but the other guy had more catches for shorter yards, but he wasn't in there on a lot of running downs. So I watched that game. I had to kind of go back to my memory of thinking about that game, and I'm like, he is their short target uh, when they need a short target, but he's not really the run blocker if they need the run blocker. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, Broncos haven't had either for four seasons. I mean, they haven't yeah, had a blocker yeah. or have they had now, a receiver. Now, um, so it'll be nice wrong. to get a change. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like what John Elway did. Getting Drew Locke in the second round is a steal. I mean, that's an absolute steal. Dude, they thought he was going to go pick 10? Yeah. I mean, because you were far from the only person I heard saying Drew Locke is going to the, well, to the Broncos. Well, because the Giants decided to screw everything up with the, probably the worst pick in the history of the draft. So now why do you think the Duke quarterback is so overrated? He's so overrated because of the Manning family, because of Cutcliffe at Duke as the coach, and Cutcliffe, uh, all the Mannings know Cutcliffe, and they've attended Cutcliffe camps and so on and so forth. The quarterback from Duke is a good college quarterback. He is not a great college quarterback. He showed up short in any big game they've ever had. In a game against a very bad team, Wake Forest, he threw for 145 yards, and I think three picks look terrible. The guy looks, doesn't know how to read defenses. Um, his, he, he can run the ball. Uh, he, they basically, one of the jokes I heard is they basically took a, basically a, an actor that wanted to, to play Eli in the Peyton Manning movie. <laughs> and that's who they picked. And, and, and if you hear, so he's, Gettleman, not, so he's a clone physically, he's basically a clone. If you hear Gettleman in the press conference, Pat Shermer sitting right next to him. He's like, maybe in three years he's, and, and Pat Shermer gives him this look on what the hell are you talking about? He's like, you think Eli Manning's got three years left in him? <laughs> I know, I know Eli plans to play for two more years. So um, one of them's going to be this year. The next year, he's probably going to get opted out to somebody maybe like the Bengals. Wouldn't that be something? So then, so then, think about it. If, if, if uh, with a new coaching staff and um, Dalton, you know, former TCU why, product, why in the world he would, can't do anything. Why would, why would Eli want to go to the Bengals? Though? Eli's going to play somewhere. Yeah. 
It's who's going to give maybe him? Who's going to give uh, him an offer? Maybe he can go to the Dolphins if Rosen, you know, doesn't pan out. For I tell him. you what, you know, if Rosen had a a hot tub in his dorm room in UCLA, wait till he gets to South Beach. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> sounds like the life. I I, I was ready, I was only going to tweet him from my because I, I I have my TSOJP Twitter account back up now, and uh, I don't know if you guys saw that one. You it could went really, down. Well, I it was used to be an old Twitter account that I never had access to anymore. And somebody hacked it, and then I just got I got it back, oh. and I made it into my Twitter account for this show, and uh, so I was oh. tweeting out your baseball show there too, and um, but uh, I was ready to treat Rosen or tweet Rosen gone, dude. You're gone the South Beach, man. You should be happy. Yeah, I mean, and and I, you know, we'll see what happens with him. I don't. It's I think. Well, let's just start with the first pick. So you know, all the all the hubbub was right. All the rumors were right, and the. Cardinals trying to sway people's thinking of it at the end there to try and maybe see if they could snag a massive like yeah. three first round trade deal. Um, well, they, did, they took Kyler Murray, and while I'm not saying Kyler Murray can't be a good quarterback, I'm I'm sure he can be, and I don't know who the best talent is. And every time we think we know who the best quarterbacks are in a draft, you know, well, oftentimes we're wrong. I mean, Mariota and Jameis Winston both are just are both just busts. You know, I, I hate Jameis. I like Mariota. In that draft. Oh, I did too. But yeah. I mean, they they both it, it, the argument became moot about yeah, which one was better because they're both they're both just average quarterbacks. They're average, best. They're, they're more like yeah. backups. Um, yeah. And then last year we had those five, you know, the, the famous five or whatever they call it, the Hall of Fame five or whatever. And everyone's like, you know, oh, they made a big mistake not taking someone. It's been one year. Yeah. You, you've, you've decided these are all which one of these guys are going to be epic and which ones are not after one year. Good luck. You know, hey, Dan Marino won made it the Super Bowl his second year and never made it back. So even yeah. as a quarterback who is undoubtedly was a talented quarterback in everyone's mind and a hall of famer didn't couldn't get to the super bowl so don't get so excited about these guys before they've had a well two years. you know i love i watched a lot of oklahoma games because they were on um i love kyler murray kyler murray is a great athlete we all know he got drafted but ninth by the oakland athletics gets drafted by the the arizona cardinals here and uh the biggest problem for him is going to be the cardinals have so many holes they need to fill on that offensive line to make him a viable threat. You can't be Kyler. You can't be, you can't be that guy. If you're running for your life and not being able to be play, play that guy. Couldn't say it better (laughs) myself. He will absolutely burn this first year. And everyone's going to think, going to be like, what, what happened? You got the new quarterback. It's like your quarterback was terrible last year, but also you have one of the most talented running backs in football in David Johnson, mm-hmm. and he could barely get to the line of scrimmage before getting tackled last year. Exactly. You did nothing to address your offensive. I mean, I, I don't know what they've done in free agency. I'll be honest. I haven't followed it that close, but I have not heard their name very often in this no. offseason, no. which leads me to say you didn't get new weapons. In fact, I think you lost a receiving weapon. Larry Fitzgerald's another year older. He's going to be another year slower. And not, not to knock him. I mean, he's a guy had a fun, fun Hall, career. Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. But he's just old. I mean, yeah. you know, he's not old as us, but he's old. And yeah, Kyler Murray is just going to spend, I mean, he may make a few plays out of nothing that Josh Rosen couldn't because he yeah. can actually run. But that's the last thing you want. You do not want a quarterback that's going to spend a lot of his time running because when you have a quarterback that spends a lot of his time running, what happens? He gets hurt. Yeah. He gets hurt and he usually gets hurt badly. RG3. RG3, among many others. I mean, they just it happens all the time. So I think you nailed it. That it, it they're just going to sit back and regret, or, or you know, fans of this team are just going to are going to regret seeing that they didn't pick up something that they could have used to really help their team get better 
because they just changed the position that wasn't the problem. Right, and, that, and that's the thing when you have to go back and you have to look at the GM of this, this, this team right now. Kingsbury leaves Texas Tech, and I forget if he got fired or he just left to take the SC. I think he just left to take the SC offensive coordinator job. Never really took that job, and he gets hired by Arizona out of the blue going, where did that happen? I'm like, why'd you – just because uh, McVay had all the success in L.A. already that you'd like Clint Kingsbury to, to come in here and, and – was, was he on his staff? Uh, well, Kingsbury and well, it's 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 the fun and gun is really what it is. Kingsbury was always known as the, he was a quarterback at Texas Tech. Then they hired him as the coach. The fun and gun system, um, basically, he's that new inventive age kind of a person. Uh, Kingsbury coached uh, our boy Patrick Mahomes. But what was the connection with McVay? Well, McVay is this offensive guru genius, and they think Kingsbury can be too. That's oh. the whole thing. So, cause, because because of Patrick Mahomes and the way Andy Reid is using him in Kansas City, and that was a Kingsbury product down at Texas Tech because he was his coach, and now it's like Phoenix is bringing Kingsbury, no proven NFL experience, with a very bad team, and bringing in Kyler Murray. I mean, the offensive numbers from Arizona when you were watching the draft recaps, oh. I mean, my goodness. I mean, the yards oh. per play, the yards per game, the points per game, I mean, they're all on the toilet. Well, and, and the thing is, they're they are advertising Kyler Murray, and this is one of the rumors going around that they might go away from him because for <laughs> for... <laughs> Thanks for taking the whiz on the air yeah. there. <laughs> 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 all right. Sorry, I forgot to mute it. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a story. Oh, but that's why that's why Nate was going, and so I uh, would take number uh, five in uh, number seven in this pick. <laughs> so uh, that being said, what do you guys see as some of the surprises in the first round? Uh, I'll tell you the one thing. Um, the Raiders was a surprise. The Raiders being very conservative, but uh, Jacobs as the running back, I really like that fit for, for the Raiders, for John. Um, the Raiders went very, very, very. I mean, Dylan Farrell, they could have – I would have took – if I was John Gruden at pick number four, instead of Farrell, I would have took um, Josh Allen out of Kentucky. I watched Josh Allen destroy Penn State in the Citrus Bowl this year. Um, firsthand, I watched the whole damn game. Was the that, guy's a stud. Was that not a gift for Jacksonville? Oh, it was a, it was a gift. I think I, they should have taken the tight end. The Raiders. Yes. Well, well they have Jared Cook, though. They do have Jared Cook. No, no, I think he's a free agent. Oh, he might be. I the other just, one is Ed Oliver dropping the huge – I mean, Ed Oliver yeah, dropping the – That was the other one. I – I thought Ed Oliver would have been the, you know, Josh Allen, I think would have been a great pick, but I do think Ed Oliver would have been a better pick. And I, who knows who's to say this kid that they took isn't going to be a stud at the next Khalil well, Mack. But the thing is they could have gotten him around or close to the second round. You know, the guy was on the mock draft boards, you know, starting around 20. So, well, that's you know, know. yeah, maybe, maybe they made the right pick, but, they could have caught them way later. With they had two more picks in the first round, so they could have waited yeah. for that second pick to try to get him. So I don't oh, know. JP. I think I think they made a mistake. I think there was like I think there was seven, maybe eight top-notch tier one guys in this draft, and they missed out. 
So, you know, Daniel Jones, JP, you were saying, I think, on, on Facebook that they could have gotten him at their, with their 17th overall pick. They could have got him in the second yeah. round. So, I mean, it's like, what kind of talent <laughs> did you pass up? I mean, it's more than just, you know, oh, this is the guy we want, so we made sure to go get him. It's like, are you getting as great a players as you can get? I mean, the, your first-round pick is a guy who should contribute to your team immediately, immediately. and make like, an impact. Right now, they set this – if he if he's not a Hall of Famer, it's the biggest bust in history. I mean, you I mean can't he's even number call, six you, overall pick. You, you can't even call it a bust. The guy isn't that good. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> and, I mean, who knows? Right? We, we never know what could, what could happen ne- when You, you never know. And, and, but, I wish the guy somebody, all the success in the world. He's right. a really nice guy. It's the guy you want sitting next to you if you're at a bar. But it's like looking at Janikowski, right, for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And they took him in the first round. Yeah, he was fantastic for him. And, yeah, he was a great for him for how many years? Twelve? Eight, 13 years ago? Yeah, I don't actually see – I actually don't see a problem with that pick in hindsight because he contributed, and he was an important player for but, a very but, long time. But well, is there any chance you couldn't have gotten him in the second or the third round? Second, second, even third. I mean, that's how bad, that's how bad of a, a grade a lot of these teams had on him because here's the thing. He played for years, 52 touchdowns, 29 interceptions. Haskins, one year. 50 touchdowns, eight interceptions. No, I was talking about Janikowski. Oh, no, I'm sorry. My bad. I was so yeah, even, I, just, he, I think Haskins, they, they should have taken Haskins. I don't know why. They, they fell in love with this guy. I agree he could be fantastic. You never know. But, again, it's just that value that they lose out on. You know, they right. could have gotten this guy at the 17th pick, and they could have had a legendary defensive tackle. So then here you are sitting with two, you know, your possible future quarterback and a stud DT or something, you know, like it just didn't make sense to me. And and Drew Locke is ten times better than this kid. I hope. Yeah, he really he he really is. Drew Locke has thrown for umpteen well, amounts. Of- my concern is Drew Locke is the next Jay Cutler. <laughs> No, 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 no. At this no, point, no. I'd take a Jay Cutler. I, I, no, no, no. Daniel <laughs> Jones is the next Jay Cutler. That's the next Jay Cutler. Well, I, I compare, I compare Locke to Jay Cutler because his physical traits are real similar. He's, you know, they're they're built about the same way, and he has that cannon arm like Jay Cutler has, or had, I should say. Um, and so, you know, I don't know that this other guy, Daniel Jones. He's not known for a cannon arm. No, and he's not very accurate either. <laughs> if you listen to any college analyst, I mean, Orvlosky on, on ESPN, uh, it's just, he's like, I don't want to talk down to this kid. He's a nice kid. I don't want to, I hope he has success. He's like, but it does, he's like, he's not, if you're, if you're just a good quarterback and you're not even that good of a quarterback, why are you expecting to be a great quarterback in the NFL? Right. It's just like it doesn't make sense. Like there's no like we need Spock here to to get his Vulcan Vulcanized terms out and and, and rationalize why Gettleman did this. Yeah, I, I mean I I agree with you. I agree with you. But look at Tom Brady. He's a good example of you know somebody yeah, that seventh round. That that's talking true. About, you got, you're talking about a six round pick that's supposed to be yeah. a, a number start. six pick, yeah, and a six round pick, a, a six round. Yeah, pick. That's, yeah, that's, that <laughs> is the it, difference. 
it's the value thing, and it's not that different from fantasy or fo- fantasy bo- football or baseball drafts that right. we participate in. When you have this list, if you were to go into the last you know, last day of the last year, and you said to somebody, "Okay, give me your top twenty for next season," right? And you could do it and probably do a pretty accurate job of who's going to likely be a pretty good player. Now, certain things could have a big swing if you're a good running back and you lose three linemen, or if you're a good quarterback and you lose two receivers, or if you're a good receiver, you lose your quarterback. Things like that obviously could change things, but it's it's really bewildering when you see how severely things change over like a two month period as people at, at, you know, in our, in our world where you got a 24 seven news cycle, right? So these fantasy and or real football um, prognosticators have to continually come up with stuff to talk about. And so they start pumping up things that they can pump up, which are easier to see. And that a lot of times is combine stats or thing or, or pro prognosticators. What the hell happened with Lee Corso the other night? Oh, I can tell you exactly what happened. Um, he was only supposed to be on for a couple picks, like ten picks, and um, basically when the Giants f bomb that pick up, when Haskins didn't go off the board because those guys know college football inside and out. They, they study it, they do it every week. That's their job. And he, he basically, he basically, he basically at, at pick ten, he got up after uh, you know Haskins was on the board. I don't know what's going on over there. It was a bizarre scene, but it was really funny. <laughs> I I didn't even see it. I don't I don't know what he's referring to. Oh no no no! I was try, trying to make what noises were going on on Nate's house. Oh, it sounded like Carl was growling. But, oh you know. okay, but no, but uh, oh, Corso, yeah, I got a couple of dogs. In the middle of the Corso just gets up and says, "See you guys!" He's like, "Coach, you, you had an out. See you guys." He's just like he's like screw this, and he he just because he's only supposed to be there for a couple picks. Haskins didn't get picked, and he's like, the kid from Duke gets me. He's like, what the hell's wrong with these people? Yeah, I mean that was just kind of a weird. Of course, was a complete college guy. You make no mistake oh, I know. about. Oh no, 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 no <laughs> doubt. I'm just, I, but I still think it's just wild how these players change their position in people's minds, and it's not based on how good these players are. And I, 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 and well, I I'm and shocked how much well, here, NFL here, executives are taken by that kind of thing. The kid had a uh, Daniels had a good senior bowl, but that doesn't mean anything. He's playing with a lot of good players around him. Whatever, he had a good senior bowl. Okay, they they well, don't no, hit in the like, senior bowl. Or what I'm, what I'm thinking of is more like someone like Kyle Murray. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kyler Murray. I mean, the guy had a, you know, the, he was he was a you know obviously going to get drafted by the A's. Everyone thought he was going to play for the Oakland Athletics. Then the guy wins the Heisman Trophy, and then suddenly he's moving up draft boards from. Uh, a, a, a mid-second round pick to then people were talking about, hey, the Broncos should go after him around 10 or 15 to he's going number one. Well, And this has happened every year, every year except for, you know, the last year when we were told, like, all those five guys. Yeah. But almost every year it's like, oh, there's not really a good, strong quarterback this year. And then before you know it, you've got three quarterbacks who are now predicted to go in the top five picks. Well, here's the one big thing. that I, Everybody gets all jazzed about the combine and this and that, so on and so forth. You can make or break a combine. Go back to the tape from the season. Look at look at Daniel's tape. He doesn't have much good tape. Look uh, at Kyler Murray's tape. He has plenty of great tape. Right. Look at Will Groot's tape. He has plenty of great tape. You know, it's just like a, like look at Drew Locke. He has tons of tape. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to say that this 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 Daniel Jones guy you know should be higher rated because if I remember right, um, our local news station, the fan, uh, uh, you know, the, the drive in the morning or not the drive but the morning show, 
they were saying how he might be a nice khaki, quote unquote, khaki pants quarterback, which is uh, Mike Evans' term for the taking the guy in the second and third round quarterback. Well, and they were saying that you know maybe the Broncos could grab him in the second or the third round. Well, it, the, the whole thing with with Daniels is everyone everyone's opinion on him was he'll make a great backup quarterback for a team. That's what they said. Well, so maybe the Giants are thinking that he could be the backup for Eli. <laughs> That's what he's going to be right now. For three, for, I guess for Gettleman's three next years. <laughs> well, or, or, or maybe Gettleman only has one more oh, year. And sure, sure, so. sure, sure, Pat Shermer, the head coach, is looking at Gettleman going, am I getting fired after one or what? <laughs> I mean, mad props to the Niners. They, they got a gift. For yeah. That's who Arizona should have taken was Bosa. I mean, they should have. They should have had – they should have – given their defensive presence, yes. uh, if they weren't going to take an offensive lineman, which I agree there's not probably an offensive lineman worth taking in the top ten picks. So No, um, and, and the Eagles got, got their offensive tackle from Washington State right exactly where they needed to. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give you – I don't know, Nate, you guys can think about this here real quick. Look what the Redskins did in this first round. Uh, Great know, draft. They, they get their quarterback – Fell to them at 15, didn't have to trade up, right, I mean, and they get Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. Now, granted, guy he, who dropped has, he, he, has a heart, he has a heart condition. It's not as bad as the other guy in the NFL that has the same condition, but he dropped way too far, and they got him. I'm looking, I'm like, Giants, you just gave the Eagles two wins a year now, and then it's like, Redskins, where are you guys? Hey. Who let the dog out? Mute him for a second. <laughs> you can go ahead and get those dogs in order there. Um, number three pick, Quentin Williams. Outstanding, Abs- outstanding. Pickup, I would have right? took him over Bosa, and I'll tell you why. Bosa's core injury is concerning to me because when you injure your core, and Bosa is injury prone at his, his state at, okay. at, at Ohio State. When you have a core injury, think about that. It's called your core for a reason. Right. When you injure that, that's why you took the season off. When you injure that, you re-injure that, it's not going to be a short recovery time. I would have took, took Quinton Williams over Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I would have. I mean, different position, right? I mean, so – Different position, I'm not but... sure that – well, yeah, for the Niners, I'm not, sure, I'm not as well-schooled in the Niners line. I know the Jets line. And this is an amazing fit into that line. You better believe it is. My God, this is going to be one of the, <laughs> the, the one of the most difficult front fours in football. Yes. And we saw last year. I mean, I know you're saying, hey, they took they got the third pick. They weren't that good, but they were they were so much better last year than they were the year before. Yes, they took a huge step forward. That defense was good last year. Mm-hmm. They don't have the offense quite together yet, but that defense not yet. But it's going to be there. I mean, remember they yeah. got Le'Veon. Right. And oh no, I think they're going to be very good this year. I mean, I don't know that they'll compete for a playoff. I, spot, I heard he's a little overweight. He's a little overweight, Ooh. is what I heard. Uh, that's year, the rumor going around. A whole year of not being in the uh, on the uh, on the squad, so he's been eating them hot Cheetos and he's drinking a few sodas and, <laughs> and smoking a little herb and you know munching a little bit. So, uh, but uh, and he did not come to OTA or the uh, vol- not OTAs or the, 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 the voluntary mini camp that they just had. He didn't go no, to it. He didn't. So he already sounds like he a bad signing. He didn't. He didn't. He, well, at least he didn't participate. Is what I heard. I don't know if he was. Ever. I mean, okay. So you don't have to necessarily like do the drills, right? If you're a, a veteran and you don't want to get hurt, but you should be. I hope he was there. I really do hope I, he was there. That's what I hope. And I forget if I, I'm trying to think back to the other day when they were talking about it. I think he might have been there, but he just didn't participate. Because if he wasn't, then it leaves more credence to the thought that this guy was a completely selfish player, and, and that doesn't do well for your the team. Money, which he he didn't really get the money. He wanted. 
Right, but he, I mean, he got a nice paycheck. He but, got a nice paycheck. And he gets to be the man, which yeah. I think was a problem in Pittsburgh. But so funny was that both he and Antonio had the same problem, and they both left um, and to Antonio that disaster. Still, he still can't get off TV. He's on Ryan Clark now. Who Ryan Clark's on ESPN and was a after dealer. after ripping all over. Yeah, that was a, yeah. He's got a That's problem. Interesting. He's just having a meltdown. That was He's Antonio having a Brown, right? Yeah. I mean, you are the unquestioned leader of your team. You are the unquestioned best receiver in football. You are touted by everyone, and that's not enough for you. Yeah, he just won't lay off it. I, I, I don't know what he's got up his ass. And that's not the kind of player that you really want because there is a, there is a cutoff to where great production leads to a bad team, and yeah. it does happen. We've seen it with Terrell Owens plenty of oh, times. Good Lord. But then you also saw those first years when Terrell Owens would go somewhere, and he was happy, and he was finally content for a little while, and then he played great, and he was a good locker room guy. His teams did excellent. Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Cowboys looked dominant. Niners won the Super Bowls. But then when he gets moody, even though he's still pulling in 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns and 109 receptions, oh, he acts like a little team, bitch. and your team is losing. Yeah, actually, when he gets moody, he acts like a little bitch. Right, and, and Antonio <laughs> seems to be following. That same suit. Yeah, it's just, that's, I, I don't know what happened in Pittsburgh, but. Something boy, happened in Pittsburgh. There must have been, there had to have been some kind of a blow up in the locker room, and I don't know if it was racist. I don't know if it was just ego. I don't know what it was, but something severe had to happen for Ed Rooney to have a meeting with Antonio and say, okay, everything's fine, but he's right. It's time for him to move on. I mean, you're letting him save face, which is nice, but there must have been something that he told him. It's just like, I will never play for this organization again after what you did to me. Yeah, there's, and, there's I, and we don't know what he, they did to him. There's, there's something going on over there, and it's it's you know you got Tomlin who's an African American coach, you got Ben who is the golden boy, and you know you got a you got you got, you got Levy on that side out of here. Antonio can't stop it's throwing. It's a weird deal. It's a it's really a weird, weird deal for for a successful franchise. You a know, very a, successful a, a team. A team that's played in, you know, as many Super Bowls as any team, probably one more than any team. Maybe the Patriots might have them now, but um, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It it doesn't. There's yeah. just something behind the scenes that that no one's really. I just, yeah, I think Antonio just has a really bizarre personality, and I think that just kind of spun out of control. Yeah, I'm actually shocked that Big Ben is not retiring after all that. Well, he's got two more years. They just gave him an extension. But, I mean, what are the odds that Pittsburgh can compete? I mean, yeah, I mean, they got a decent running back in James, right? I mean, he looked like he's right now. Right they, in. Their, their draft defensively is unbelievably great. No, I, lo- I love them picking up Bush. <laughs> I mean, that's a great pickup for yeah. them. But I don't know, man. I mean, is there any chance that this team really competes with the up-and-coming teams. I don't know. I don't know. Look look at uh, Cleveland. They got Greedy Williams in the second round. That's nice. Are you kidding me? What a great corner <laughs> to pick up. I mean, uh, now they have now they have two brand-new, fresh corners. I mean, yeah. the guy from last year and the guy from this year. You know what? And I got to say, I got to apologize to Browns fans and the Browns overall because I mocked them in last year's draft thinking, wow, somehow you screwed up having the first and fourth pick. And it doesn't look that way because Baker plays very well. Yeah. That cornerback has not been a shutdown corner, but he's played plenty well. Yeah. And the team went from being a zero-win team to a playoff competing type team in one season. I mean, granted, they underperformed the year before, but yeah. still, I mean, 
I can't knock a team that's going so severely in the right direction. Now they've got Jarvis Landry and OBJ. Now they've got two good corners on the outside. I mean, they are taking care of those positions. The talent is there now. It is there. They have a ton of it in Cleveland and a ton of young talent. So if they don't make a giant step forward this year, there's something wrong. Because there, now, there is just an incredible amount of talent now on that team. Yeah, and like you said, it is really, really young talent. That is going to be a team to reckon with for years to come. And I, I think they're all on pretty uh, good contracts right now. Uh, I mean, especially Baker's on his rookie contract. And you're going to have the, the other, other guys on their rookie contracts. So, I mean, this is a team to look out for coming up in the near future. I, I, I mean, the Steelers have taken a step backwards. I mean, the Ravens, they're the Ravens. Uh, Ravens are going to have a year of growth pains now yeah, with, I, I, uh, I with believe Lamar. So. Yeah, I believe they're going to have that year of growth pain. And uh, I've Cincinnati, I mean, come on, it's Cincinnati. So I, it's, it's one of those things where the, the Browns are set up for so success wait, right now. Somebody, I, I, please, I, I don't know the answer to this, and I hope one of you guys do. I heard something on the radio about the Bengals didn't extend an offer to Anthony Andy Dalton. Is he a free agent, or is he just like down to his last year? I think he's down to his this last is year. His last year. Yeah, because yeah, they were talking about them taking a quarterback. Maybe. Okay, I was going to say, because I mean, I was like, there's no way they're going without a quarterback at this I, point. I think they were uh, – Finley from North Carolina State is still available. I think they were – that people I think maybe were thinking they might take him in the, in, uh, the fourth round. Yeah, I don't know. I might, I might have misheard. I don't – you know, it was just, but it, that kind of caught me off guard. I heard like on the on – the, you know, I just no, like no, heard the tidbit when I was in the shower, well, I think. Well, uh, well, that's the big thing with Andy Dawn is he's kind of run his course there because he couldn't win that playoff game. And that could be the coach that's not there anymore. It's a new regime. And that's the other thing. It's a new regime. Do they want Andy? Right. So. Right. Have you felt, and I don't know if I know all of exactly who the Bengals have taken so far, but do you feel like they have changed their philosophy now that they are finally without Marvin Lewis? Or is it Marvin? It was Marvin Lewis. That was his name, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, they took Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle on Alabama. That's a great pick in the like first him, round. Okay. That's a great pick. I think they only had one first-round pick, if I'm just looking down the board here. And they did. Well, they're yeah. the ones that got the uh, Broncos three picks this year. Uh, the Broncos traded up to get Drew uh, Locke, so they'll have some extra picks later in the draft. Okay, they got Drew Sample on a Washington tight end. Good tight end right is there. Okay. Yeah, that's another. See, that tight end is almost the same as the Iowa's tight end. Gotcha. And th- that's a second-round player. So gotcha. that, that's 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 I, I, like I said, I have no well, pro- you, I have no problem with that. Tight so who do you I just think don't like the round? Who do you think the Broncos could have taken better at number uh, twenty? They could have took a defensive player. But no, there's I mean like tons, who? tons. Of, there's tons of defensive players out there. But I mean, what are their biggest holes on defense? Just middle linebacker. You could have took Montez. I, well, you could have took. Uh, I would have been interested in taking they, Sweat. Yeah. Safeties were there. I, I think they're good at safety. We, we had I 11 just, quarter, quarterbacks go off the board. And the it depends. Corner would I have been think okay. defensive tackle. Defensive tackle is another position they really could have used. Um, yeah, I mean, but they had the, the, they those pick. two really good tackles had gone. So, I mean, they did get a nice tackle in the in the, in the the third round. And, uh, and it's supposed to be a really deep, deep they, they cornerback and the, defensive tackle or defensive line draft. Oh, they they could have got Jerry Tillery out of Notre Dame. He's a stud. And what does he play? Uh, defensive tackle. LJ Collery on a TCU is another great guy. He was, he's a defensive end. Um, DeAndre Baker, the corner from Georgia, would have been a great pickup for them. He is a, he is a shutdown corner. Yeah, they, if, they, if they lose uh, uh, Chris Harris, 
or they have to trade him, then they may it may be very painful. They didn't take another corner. Um, I mean, they yeah. signed to obviously this off season, yeah. but you need that slot corner. Like I said, you know, I, nothing against the, the nothing against the the first round draft pick from Iowa. The kid, uh, what what's his name again? Nia or Fan? Nothing against Noah Fan. You know, I just don't like the round he took him in. That's the right. Thing. You think he was not value? He, the, the value wasn't there. It was, it was like basically giving up a first round pick and getting two second round picks or whatever. Now, you know, there just there was other players on the board he could have took there. And he still would have been there in the second round if they would have traded a third to get up to, to the second or something. He'd get two in the second. So now, it, it was just the, where he took him at. Gotcha. And I mean, I, you know, way more college football yeah, than I'll yeah, ever yeah. pretend to know. Yeah, yeah I know you, you're not. I the just know that they got there. their grades they've gotten from most of the analysts have been very high yeah, for no. that pick. No, he's, so, a, he's a great he's a great receiving tight end. And I mean, maybe their whole thought was we are solely looking for a weapon over the middle that we haven't had since Julius Thomas and we need for Joe Flacco. And um, I love that they get Drew Locke in the second round because now he's not a first round pick. And even though Peyton Lynch was a late first round pick, Paxton, who cares? The Pirates. (laughs) I know. (laughs) um, That he was such a late round, he was a first round pick. And that was why everybody was like, would not shut up about you need to start him. So much pressure on him. Being the first round, getting well, but, traded up to be the but first just, round. Pick. But the the fact that people act like being the twenty sixth pick as opposed to being the um, you know the thirty fourth pick or whatever is a big difference, and it's not. We're talking about right. a few spots, mm-hmm. and but the big difference now though is that they can say, oh, we got him in the second round. He is our grooming to be a future quarterback. Right. There's no like John Elway came right out in the press conference or Twitter or whatever it was and says, oh yeah, he'll be competing for the backup spot behind Flacco. Oh, there's no question. Flacco will be starting, yeah. and this guy we're going to see what we've got. Yeah. But we're not. We're not. There is no starting coming for this guy, and I think that that's a huge, well, and important. Here's point. one of the reasons that I, I said that he was going to get Drew Locke no matter what in this draft, and that's why he brought Joe Flacco in because he wants him to have a professional quarterback to learn from, and sure. and that was not um, Case Keenum. Case Keenum was a flash in the pan. Joe Flacco wasn't a flash in the pan. As much as we wanted to call him Joe Flacco, he did win a Super Bowl. He right. is a consistent right. quarterback. So it, he's a good quarterback to learn from, from a kid that has uh, – Drew Locke's a gunslinger to me. He can throw the ball anywhere all over the field. Cool. I like that. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know what? Like I said, it, just the fact that we, there will be no pressure in terms of starting him this year right. say, look – your job is to be the lackey for Joe Flacco. Your job is to do everything he tells you and to memorize his routines. Because like you say, whether or not I have any faith of Flacco having anything left in the tank, he was a no-doubt starter in the NFL for at least eight years. Yeah. And he won a Super Bowl, which I don't think he, should have, he really deserved, but he right. played fantastic in those playoffs. He, he played he out of his gourd. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. Sat on the bench behind Brett Favre for, what, three years? Jeez, yeah. What a waste <laughs> least, that was. At least. I think it was it was like four or five years. It was a long time. Long time, long time. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think it was three because I think it was – but what was crazy was then Brett Favre took the Packers back to the NFC Championship like a year later yeah. after everybody had thought he was kind of done. Yes. And so then all of a sudden that was what caused the problem because yep. it's like, well, now we can't get rid of him because, oh, my God, he's back to being Super Bowl-level quarterback. But, you know, now that we see how good Aaron Rodgers has been, you know, he probably should have switched over. Although I will say, and I forget, I think it's Bleacher Report – but there is out there, if you can find it and search for it, there's an article about the, um, the, the head bashing between um, McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and, it's, it is Bleacher Report okay. because Bleacher Report broke that, and then both Aaron Rodgers came right out and called them out on it. It's like what, he, 
it's a fantastic story, and it, boy, it sure it. sounds accurate when you think about how these people react and how they've acted. It really fits, and it's like, wow. So Aaron Rodgers, as much as the chip on the shoulder thing has made Tom Brady one of the greatest to ever strap on, you know, the cleats. Uh, it, I think that that chip on the shoulder has kind of hurt Aaron Rodgers' potential. And when you really think about Aaron Rodgers, I mean, obviously the guy is amazing as a quarterback, but his success rate is not very good. I mean, they haven't been that competitive in, in late seasons. They, they haven't, and I, I think what you have to attribute that to is some of their defenses have been terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're downright terrible. Well, they used to draft well. They, they used, used to draft every well, well every year, and so they always yep. had that next man up thing. And when you have two or three drafts where you miss, look at the Broncos. They missed on three straight drafts pretty much during the Manning time. Yep. And so when Manning left, the team crumbled. There, there was nothing, nothing there. there was no there base nothing. there. Now I think they've had a second good year in a row of drafting. But you know what? It's probably going to take two more good years of drafting to really fill the team out. Yeah. I mean, it's just the facts. You, ha- you can't miss. You can't screw up your drafts. And that's why those people who trade away like five picks or whatever to get a number one quarterback, if you do not get a true franchise quarterback, you have destroyed your team for three or four years going forward. That's why the Eagles are so damn lucky that they, they hit on Carson, you know? Of course, they didn't pay. They didn't but pay it's it so them. interesting because what is the success rate? You know, I mean, it's it's like baseball. You go one for four and it's not a bad day. You go one for three and you're just cheering, you know, going crazy because you're batting three thirty three. Well, you know, <laughs> in the draft, I think I can I would imagine the percentages aren't far off of that. You know, what a what do what percent of the time do first round picks quote unquote hit and I, and what I mean by that I guess would be somebody that lives out the life of their contract and starts you know within the first year and then you know keeps their job for that duration of the contract I don't know I would to me that I would say three years after you're drafted if you're not the no doubt starter you're a bust if you were a first or second round pick yeah, sure but I, I would be real curious to see what the percentages are on t- how often teams hit or miss in that first round. I'm sure the first round is a better percentage than the second, and I'm sure it decreases. But then it might plateau at some point, I, maybe like the third or fourth round. But, I, you know, I, I just think that it's really difficult to evaluate talent because – it doesn't always translate. You know, the the college game is so different than, than the pro game. You know, each team in the NFL runs very different offenses than other teams, you know, in the same division. So it's just, it's just, it's really a hit or miss kind of crapshoot type thing. And uh, you're right. The ones that hit and do well, you know, it makes their team for years to come. Look at the Patriots. They've been able to draft consistently well. Who do you so, think? What do you think the owner of Arizona is thinking right now, or was thinking when the new head coach says, "I want to get rid of our current starting quarterback that you drafted in the first round last tra- year." Traded up to get a ten. Oh, they traded up to get him at ten. Oh yeah, they yeah. Traded they traded up to get him. Yeah, and they gave a lot of way to get him. And now you're using your first overall pick on another quarterback the next year. And you got does, nothing in return from Miami to send well, him to Miami. A second and a fifth. 
which is nothing compared to what well, they I'm gave up. At least, I mean, at least you got a second. I mean, <laughs> at least. they could have gotten – it was potentially they were not going to get that. They wanted because a first. They knew when Washington took a quarterback yeah, and got they were uh, Hoskins to follow to him. Yeah, they knew. They were like, oh, shit. Who are we going to give – how are we going to get rid of them now? And they had to get rid of Rosen after that. I mean, you have you to. Have to you have yeah. no, no, what, what did Anderson always say to us back in the day, way back in the day when we were on Mythica, every time he said the same thing. Got two quarterbacks, got no quarterback. Exactly. You know? So can't do this. Can't do oh, this. Oh, by the way, Nate, I'm eating. I'm, I'm going to start eating your burrito right now, and it's it's, it's really <laughs> really tasty. Mm. I can eat this burrito right now. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, that Santiago's man. If there was like, if you were told you can only eat one food for the rest of your life or one restaurant for the rest of your life, I'd I'd pick Santiago's. I think it's it's hard not to. Their smothered burrito. Is, oh, yeah. is my goodness. That's I mean, these are great, but there's some other burritos also. It's just another level. Oh, yeah. It's funny. The girl rang me up, and uh, he said, he said, oh, I had a radio. He, 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 I just told her that you're on the radio. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you know, the, I, I know I know, the, I know the owner. The owner the owner's, always, the owner's there all the time, and he knows ah. me because I'm always in there. And um, he knows that we have a radio show, basically, because I always get I say, oh, yeah, I got to go to the radio show because I got burritos for everybody here. And uh, he's like, oh, he's the guy from the radio. I got you. I got you. Uh, Man, those words I, know. I was like, what the I, hell did I he still had some neat burrito. I was, I was chewing on here. He sounded like Hank Hill's neighbor there for a second. I couldn't. I didn't quite get all that. <laughs> that was your what? best Boomhauer impression. Boomhauer, uh, I, I forgot about that show. Boy, when that show disappeared, it disappeared. Uh, it's on about two in the morning on uh, <laughs> Channel Twenty, which is Channel Nine, second channel, NBC <laughs> second <laughs> channel. NBC, but it is NBC is hey, a second channel. Yeah. Hey, what was the tri- what was the trivia question again? I was going to say we're, we're almost quarter after the hour here. <laughs> I got my first page up, so let me read them off again. Okay, so two trivia questions today on the offensive. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, which NBA teams have the most consecutive playoff losses in NBA history? So I'm going to give you my guess real quick because I think I know one of them. It's the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, where's the question at here? Oh, I'm on the wrong page. Oh, <laughs> what pages there, boss? So, uh, playoff like playoff series or playoff games? Consecutive games lost in the playoffs. Because I know Portland, I think lost nine in a row at some point. They may have. That isn't the top four. Okay. Well, then I, so I'm not I, saying you're wrong. I'm saying that you're you're too far down the list. I'm too far down the list. Damn, that's been my wow. story all my life, I guess. <laughs> right. Me too. <laughs> Boy. I mean, um, the Timberwolves have got, they've had a run, I think. I don't, I don't know how many it is. Not in the top four, though. Not in the top four. Okay. Um, okay. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, let's see here. I, I, the Milwaukee Bucks, maybe at some point in the eighties, could be one of them. I'm just trying to think of teams that were good enough to make like that were good enough to make the playoffs, but then were just terrible in them. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I guess the Jazz maybe. I tell you what, consecutive losses means sweat. New York, New York Knicks. Yes, they are one of them because the New York Knicks have been a, a franchise in futility in a long time for a long time. Man, they. 
You're all kinds of combobulated over there. Uh, I couldn't. I can't get sound coming they're, out they're, of they're, both of my they're, ears all the time. They're on my boomhauer again. So the Knicks are second overall with 13 losses oh, between 2001 and 2012. Yeah, that makes sense. So it means you got swept, basically, yeah. in four st- or three straight play. Well, I guess it wouldn't be swept. It could have been you lost the last two of one, and then then you won one in the three three playoffs later. But anyway. Uh, so I that doubt was, that's what happened, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2001 probably pretty much be when Ewing retired, right? Or right about yeah, that right time. So then they went to garbage. Yeah. Um, and we know the Otto Stoudemire and, uh, and Carmelo didn't really help that, uh, no, not that at all. streak. So, uh, but I'll, I can tell you the other two ones below it, but we can try and, try and guess that number one. Just name number some teams. One. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks. No. Oof. I thought I might the 76ers. No. No, that's Philly. not the Sixers. Philly. Um, Orlando Mavericks. Philly the same as the 76ers? What's that? No. Yeah. Indiana Pacers. That's a good no. guess. I'll give you a hint. One of the lower teams is uh, actually two teams because they changed their name. Lakers. The Lakers? The New Orleans. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't no, know. neither one of those teams changed their name. They changed their cities. Well, my bad. You're right. I don't know why I said that. Uh, Charlotte, is it Washington I think, I think or Charlotte? I think I, yeah, Charlotte. Okay, I think a haze of smoke kind of came over my head there. The Bobcats, Hornets, slash Hornets, uh, 12 consecutive losses between 2002 and 2016. And number huh. four on that list is the Grizzlies, well, with okay, 12 right. consecutive losses, 2004 to 2009. Yeah, that makes sense. So the number one team, let's see, I'll give you one other hint. Well, it's not really a hint. So their number of consecutive losses, unless – they may have won the last like two days, and maybe they. I don't think they're still in the playoffs, but um, so they may have ended the streak. But uh, Clippers. fourteen Clippers. consecutive. Los Angeles Clippers. No. They won one. The they won one of the one of the first games in that series, so that would have been over a while ago. Well, I mean, like a week Milwaukee ago. Milwaukee Bucks. I already said that. Oh, you did. It can't be the Spurs. No Nuggets. No. Nuggets would have been a pre. Golden State. And way back in the day. So I'll say this. This streak was still alive when I made this question. Oh, God. That's your last hint. So they're... Utah. No. They were in the playoffs. Uh, First round. Houston Rockets? No. No, no, no. No, No, they won won. last year. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who who just lost in the first round? Uh, Who's who's losing in the first round? I think they got knocked out. I'm pretty sure they got knocked out on Thursday. So they're in the East. Yeah, I, that's the problem. I can't think of it. in the East. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. Oh, Detroit. What you oh, know the, the Pistons, huh? Or Detroit Pistons. 2008 through the present. Again, yeah. I don't know. I think they got eliminated from the playoffs on Thursday, and so I don't think they got a win this year. So I think there's. I think the record must be at 14 or maybe it's 15 right now. No, I know. Yeah, oh. they – Ooh, yeah. Didn't they get swept by Milwaukee? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they got swept by Milwaukee. So there we go. Anyway, interesting question. That is an interesting question. It's a fun one to discuss. Huh. So definitely. All right. So when I read, right, read your second question, question. Here. okay, we had back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners go number one in consecutive years. When was the last time that has happened? So and this is to go number one overall, correct? Yes. 
So, Carl uh, thinks it's going to be Jeff Stover. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to meet you for just a second here. Uh, so, uh, as far as that question goes, my first guess, and my, my best probably guess, would be, I'm just thinking back, and like I said, this is really recent, so I'm probably wrong, and there's probably a, a break in between the two. But I was going to say Cam Newton went number one as a Heisman Trophy winner uh-huh. when Von Miller was drafted, and the next year I think they traded up to take RG3. Well, that's a good guess. But, but he was second, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a second player exactly. taken. Yeah. That's a good guess. So can you – well, I'm sure Carl's probably quieted down. Who I'll give it Nate is? I know who one of them is. Okay, go ahead. Um, I I think it Bo Jackson. I think, and I can't. I'm I'm guessing on the year it's probably eighty four, eighty five, and I can't remember if it was the the year before got, him. Well, you got Bo Jackson right. Bo Jackson was okay. number one. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You got Bo Jackson right. Okay, so I can't remember if it was the previous year with Doug Flutie or if it was the year after. And who would that have been? I'm trying to think. It would have been. Well, I don't think I would know who was the number one pick back in the 80s. I don't think Montana. Oh, man. I know who it is, dude, and it's on the tip of my tongue. I I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll give you a hint. Penn yeah. State beat them for the national championship in '86. That's a tough suggestion. Played for the U. It's a. I, I know it's a quarter. Oh, played for the U. Yep, I'd sound on the tip of your tongue. I know it is. Oh, I just can't think of it, man. Dang it. All right, I'll give you the answer. Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. Ah. Oh, Vinny. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the stand still in the pocket champion. Yeah. The yep. man who couldn't got step in, a got intercept, Got intercepted on the four-yard line by Pete Katofilis, linebacker, wore number 91. Pete Katofilis. Is he Greek? Uh, he could be anything he wants at that point. <laughs> I don't care, man. He, ra- he ran around and fell down for about three seconds and fell down. Katofilis. And uh, Penn State won the national title. Great, great Cadolfo. <laughs> wow. In the old Fiesta Bowl, where, where Arizona State plays. <laughs> what was Vinny and Bo Jackson? Is that 84, 85? 85, 86. 85, 86. 85, 86, yeah. Wow. Good guesses, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was pretty much stumped after Cam Newton. That was the last high yeah, Well, a lot of people said, one. like, 2003, 2004 is where they really want the answers. And it's like... People don't realize it doesn't happen that that that, that very often. Not when they number go one. Number one yeah. consecutive years. Yeah. So, you know, the Heisman Trophy is very prestigious, but it doesn't mean you're going to be the number one pick in the draft. And the interesting thing is the Heisman Trophy has become much more valuable hardware in the NFL GM minds in the last, like, ten years. Because mm-hmm. it used to be the Heisman Trophy winners oftentimes weren't good quarterbacks in the NFL because they needed the lower talent level, the slower speed, and the – um, higher rated excelling position players mm-hmm. than that works in the NFL. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, like Chris Henney, right? That's a, or, or Danny Warfel or, you know, 
Well, we had a lot of, I mean, back in the heyday, I mean, like Nate would know this with Nebraska. Nebraska, they had a lot of Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks that ran the option. That wasn't going to work in the NFL. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> it, was they, like, it was like the yeah, Eric Tommy Frazier. Tommy Frazier was unbelievable at running that in, in the college, but he didn't even get drafted. No, no. He had or no maybe arm. he did. He might have got drafted, but he didn't get drafted as a quarterback. Are they all, I think, what did, what did Crouch, they wanted him to play safety or something like that? Or? They wanted him to play wide yeah, receiver. Crouch yeah, did. Yeah, the no, Rams Crouch ended wide up, receiver, but he, he wouldn't do it. He ended up playing for a while. Not well. <laughs> <laughs> no, not well. No. Yeah, and, 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 there, and there were a lot of teams that wanted him, just like with Tim Tebow. They were like, dude, yeah. you've got the talent. We'll have you do something in, for our team. But, you know, I'm, like, I'm a quarterback. I'm going to be a quarterback. And I'm like, dude, how stupid do you have to fucking be to throw <laughs> away a career in the NFL because you can't deal with the fact that you're no longer the quarterback. You're no longer the super hype. That's just sad. But yeah, I, what a loss. It's a loss, but it's also a gain for baseball because he loves baseball. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, true. I mean, that's true. I'll never, forget, I'll never forget Eric Crouch because that was when I had first started going to school at CU. And or not maybe not first started going, but um, and they always had that annual game on Thanksgiving versus Nebraska, yeah. and they just because back then on that team they weren't a great team that year, but they had three very good, very fast linebackers, and so the option was useless because they just had one guy run to the outside of the option, one guy run to the inside of the option, and they were screwed, and they they throttled them sixty three to whatever. Oh, I was there. Oh, you were in Nebraska? No, no, no. That was at that. I was at Folsom Field. No, I was. Yeah, there. I was yeah, it was. I was there too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was. I was. I was. I was. I was. I was on the field. Okay, I was on the field after the game. And so I always wonder. Bobby purified. And then somehow that team ended up still being ranked by the you know when we used to have the super fraudulent not as fraudulent as now but the super fraudulent college football yeah. uh, championship was you know decided and uh, when they actually put them back in the they still put them in the national championship after getting throttled like that. Yeah, I mean, and you're like, so I wondered. Now I don't remember if they had. I, I don't think that did that division have a championship game or was that wasn't. No, they never. Had they, a, that was their last then, game. Yeah. That was their last game before the title, right? Yeah. So because I was wondering, was that the biggest two blowout back to backs any national champion participant has ever had? It, it could very well be. Because they had to have given up yeah. 120 points in those last two games. I, all I know is, is C was rolling that day on the ground like there was nobody's business. <laughs> I, I was I was oh, hey, dumbfounded. CU need need something to hang their football hats on since the, since they won the title in '91. So they haven't done a whole lot. I still love watching. I, I bring that game up on YouTube every now and then and just watch the highlights <laughs> of Brent Funsberger going Bobby Purify touchdown Buffaloes. <laughs> Does he still uh, announce? Uh, oh, Brett, yeah. Man, how long have you been doing that? A long time. I think it would be awesome to be that kind of a college announcer because you get different teams every week. Oh, yeah. If you, if you go to you stadium, know? I'd love to be on college game day. Be like yeah. the bear on the side picking, you know. Bear used to just be the guy on the side. Now he's picking teams. But no, but I mean, I'm talking about announcing games. Oh, I know. It, it would it'd, be, be, it'd be a lot of fun. Because you think about, like, I mean, I'm sure people who announce games, even if you announce games for a phenomenal team, let's say you were doing – uh, the Red Sox last year or Houston a couple of years ago. Don't you think you'd get bored talking about the same players over and over and over, even when you're winning? Being a uh, play-by-play guy for a certain team, I, I would have to say takes its toll because you have to travel with the team. I, I know um, 
it's Matty P, Matty Province, uh, does the Iron Pigs uh, telecast or broadcast. Every, he goes on every road trip. It's, it's just got to take a toll on you. You know, yeah. they travel on buses and a lot of it's times just it's just a long, long season. And you just, you're not, it's never anything new. That's why I'm saying I think that would be so fun to be like, oh, I get to play, a, I get to talk about new players today. Yeah. You know, I, I, get to, I can tell a story or an anecdote about this player that I haven't had to tell 35 yeah, times. Yeah, that, that'd be my dream job. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, like how Vince that. Scully did it for all those years. And, oh, but I mean, the, master, the, the, master. what was so amazing about Scully was once he hit like 25 years, he had so many stories from the past yeah. 25 years that he could retell them all. Yeah. And it was, all, they were all brand new for the audience all over. Exactly. Again. So, Man, I sure miss him. He was freaking Ben was the man. Uh, although he's just much better when he was calling the radio game as opposed to calling the, the TV game. Yeah. He was great at both. Yeah. But he could paint such a picture. As, uh, no, you're 100% right. You know? radio, radio is an art form because yeah. you have to paint that picture. For TV, yeah. you can see the picture. You just broadcast what's going on. It's like you know, if you can be compelling enough that people want to tune in for you – as much as what you're going to talk about, and and that's why I don't or mind, an actor, right? Yeah, that's why I don't mind um, listening to Broncos games on the radio on Sundays, or you know, just uh, any any football game yeah. on the radio on or, Sundays. But I mean, who who who's better than Dave Logan? I mean, Dave Logan's good. Uh, he's just incredible. I can't believe the Broncos can't get him in the booth for the TV. <laughs> I wish they could. Well, I mean, CBS would have to CBS do it. Would and have to get him in there. They should allow NFL teams, like you do with Amazon, you can pick the audio. You should be able yeah, to pick yeah. your home team's audio for nice. <laughs> any game that you're watching in your market. I mean, come on, NFL. You, you're so good at being, a front, at being ahead of the trend. Make this happen. Because I can't tell you how much I look forward to Thursday Night Football when it's on Amazon, like five out of the six weeks or whatever, however it works. They get like half the games or something like that. Um, because I throw it on the English announcers. They are fantastic. <laughs> Utterly fantastic. They are no baloney. They are no pompous and, and preening and, and trying to kowtow to players or whatever. It's just, they're just calling the game and what they're watching. And it is, it's just fantastic. It's like watching this. It's like listening to a soccer match yeah. in football yep. and which ironically they call football, <laughs> you know, but it is fun. Um, real quick, uh, Tyreek Hill. I'll tell oh, you what, what a fall from grace for two teams. So we got Pittsburgh losing their best running back and best receiver. Now we got Kansas City losing their best running back and possibly best receiver. This is two this, teams. This is disturbing. Have you heard the audio? I don't want to hear it, but you can describe. Yeah, it. I don't it, want. I mean, well, yeah, it, it, I don't want to hear it either. It, it's just him and him and his fiance. It's not with a kid. No, I know. Um, it, it basically uh, the fiance basically says uh, he's terrified of you. No, he respects me. That's the, the, the three year old. No, he respects me. He's terrified of you. He respects me. And he, he's, and he said that you broke his arm. He's, he didn't say he was lying. He's like, he's like I, I don't, he, he, never even, he didn't even say he didn't do it. He's just like, I, I don't even know how to put it. It's so disturbing to listen. And, and then he, 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 he says to his fiance, he's like, he, he's like something, blah blah blah, and and you better respect me too, you dumb bitch. Right, or you and, you better be terrified of me. Oh too. yeah, you better be terrified of me too. I you saw dumb that bitch. quote. Yeah, and it's just like, what in the? I mean, you made. Well, I mean, first of all, oh. see, people do people say stupid things when it comes to love and when it comes to anger, and when you put the two of them together, they're twice as bad. Yeah. Now, 
people oftentimes like they can just say something you don't mean. But so the him saying that to her could have just been a frustration thing. I'm not saying it was excusable. Right. I'm saying that I mean, if you're saying that kind of thing to, to another person, you're probably not in a good relationship. You know, or you're not dealing, or you, well, you're, you're, you're not dealing with your issues. You got to remember, he already had a, he uh, he beat up his girlfriend in college. Did he? Okay, yeah. I, no, I didn't know that. He, yeah, he already um, did that. So now, this is not his kid, correct? I, this is his step. I'm not, I'm not sure. I okay. all I know is is that he that he broke his arm. He never denied he broke his arm. He never said he so didn't do I, it. I don't know. I don't know if I knew that detail. So a three year old three year old's arm was broken. Broken. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's. Yeah, if he was involved in any way, this has got to be a two-year suspension. I, I, the, the story is that he's, he he would have the kid hold his arm out and punch him in the stomach. Punch the three-year-old? Yes. Wow. I mean, I I'm, I know that the terrible twos and three-year-olds can be is just as bad, but I mean, come on, these these are not these are not people with fully formed brains. Defenseless kids. They don't know. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have a sense of right and wrong. They yeah. don't have a sense of hardly anything. You can't beat it into a child. No. Don't get me wrong. I will never have a problem with corporal punishment. That's fine. I got I the belt when I was a kid. Hey, yeah, smacking a kid's ass. Hey, that's you know, I, whatever. That's your ass. Get over it. You know, that's just getting your attention and letting you know what the boundaries are. Hey, but, I, I did something but, uh, wrong. I knew I was getting the belt. Yeah, but hurting someone is a little that's, different. That's different. I mean, Punching a kid? I mean, yeah, Adrian Peterson, you know, you're leaving a welt on your kid's nuts. There's a problem there. That's a, that's. Or the kid's got an incredibly huge nuts for I, a young I, age. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. How man. would you even hit those things, I you know? I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, not a pleasant image. So, but just, you know, it. I totally understand discipline. I don't have any problem with discipline, and parents should decide as they as their own. But there's a difference between discipline and abusing. And he's obviously this kid was, it, you know, broken arm. Unless it was just a crazy accident, you know, somebody got too aggressive. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we weren't there. That makes it so hard. And I and I and I don't envy the cops because the investigation. I mean, what are you going to get differently this time that you didn't have last time? Unless the fiance right. rolled over on him. Well, I mean, the whole thing, it, it, we've been indefinitely suspend, barred from all Chiefs activities. So. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, Andy Reid knows better than to, than to fool around with this stuff. But, yeah. you know, I mean, and again, I never like to pass judgment on someone before the evidence has been gathered. Right. But there are also instances where evidence is gathered and you don't have the smoking gun. Mm-hmm. But the circumstantial evidence is almost no doubt. But... There's that one sliver of it could be, and if that's, I mean, come in our judicial system, that is actually the rule. You have, you have to eliminate any reasonable doubt. The so, shadow of a doubt, yeah. Remember, yeah. The, the DA dismissed the case because they didn't have the audio. They got the audio. They reopened it. Oh, so that was intentionally – so why didn't they get the audio first? Well, why we, did they get it now? Because uh, a, a TV station in Kansas City found it. Or someone gave it to him. Found it, quote unquote. Quote, found quote unquote. It. <laughs> Which means that somebody convinced the girlfriend <laughs> to give him the recording of it, exactly. or stole it from the phone company's records yeah. and sold it for a, a good five hundred thousand dollars. All right. Probably uh, a Broncos fan. <laughs> no, if that's the case, please call into the show nine two nine three seven seven four seven seven three two zero four. We'd love to hear about it. Let us break that news. And you don't have to give us your name. We'll yep. just enjoy listening that's to the story. And then maybe you can play it for it. Well, I don't want to play it. But... Break the story. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> right? You can break it wide open. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much everything we need to talk about for the draft, yeah? Uh, well, who do you think are your biggest winners and losers in round one? Two to three. 
Well, I I think the Broncos are one of the top winners. I think the Redskins are way up there. Redskins would be mine, big, one of the biggest winners. I like really like what they did. I, I like what the Eagles did. They have that. I li- I do like what the Eagles did. It was what nothing real glamorous, but they they filled some needs. I I didn't watch very much of the second or third rounds. I mean, I was out most of the night, so I just saw the Broncos picks. So I honestly don't know mm-hmm. most of the picks made in the second and the third round. I, I liked what the Redskins did, to be honest with you. They, they I mean, did a really Yeah, good the Redskins, I mean, they were so visible with the moves they made, you know. And, yes. you know, getting that, Mon- that Montez sweat, he's like 265, and he runs a, like a 4-3. I mean, yeah. it's just didn't... ridiculous. Who are the Giants taking uh, 17? Oh, that was... Uh, at 17, I really they, don't know. Alignment, I think. Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle from Clemson. So they did oh, okay. So he's good? Okay, yeah. so they had a bad yeah. night. Well, not a horrible night. All three defensive linemen went for Clemson. Really? Yeah. Well, that's saying something. That's how good they I were. also saw an interesting report on Kyler Murray, just to throw this in there, because I, I just popped in my head, that I was reading that all five of his linemen for Oklahoma will be drafted into the NFL and that that's a huge reason he had the success he did. I think two of them already got drafted, or three of them already got drafted. And I, I don't know if all of them are, are going to be available to draft in this draft class. I mean, two of them may not be coming out yet, but uh, yeah. they were just saying all five of his linemen throughout the year were NFL quality, yeah, and that that, that's no, a huge no, reason that's, why he had such a great year. That That is true. I mean, they had a great offensive line, and, and that's why I think now he's going, going to a terrible to offensive line it, it's, it, against it, it, NFL level I almost, feel, I almost feel bad for Kyler Murray getting drafted by that yep. team because yep. he's going from yep. one of the best offensive yep. lines you're going to ever see yep. to one of the worst offensive lines you're ever going to see. And you're going to see back-to-back first-year coaches that might get fired because yeah, they're going to be so bad. It's highly possible. But I will say this: I love the fact that they got Kyler Murray because I because my my Dan, my dynasty team in fantasy football. I drafted David Johnson, and he was a disappointment last year. Oh, yeah. I could see him getting a hundred receptions this year as Murray is scrambling the backfield, and 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 uh, and uh, Johnson just kind of leaked yeah. out to the pass. I think there's a difference though between dysfunctional and really terrible and then just really terrible. <laughs> you know, I mean, and what I mean by just lack of talent and the ability to compete, you know, I think Kingsbury can come in. Kyler Murray can come in. They can go four and 12 or, you know, five and 11. And if it, you'll be able to tell if there's like growth, you know, throughout the year and if there's hope and if they're, you know, the organization's being run well and, you know, the decision-making is, is good. I think there's things to work with there. And so I think they're not just going to let them go if they see some of those things, at least that that's how I would look at it from uh owner's point of view, you know, and I think last year was just so dysfunctional. You know, they they had to fire their offensive coordinator in, like, what, week four or week five? It was pretty, you know, and the, their brand-new quarterback was terrible because they had no offensive line. I mean, it was just kind of one thing after another. And I know losing kind of does that, but you just didn't see them, like, persevere throughout it. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And I don't know. I think there's a difference. <laughs> That's how I felt watching the Broncos in most of the last two years. It's like, man, did you have a game plan going into this? Or did you just say, I don't know, I'll bet you we can throw it to the tight end a lot this week. And then okay, find out that they okay, don't. Here's, 
let me give an example. I mean, I think Cleveland is a really good example because, you know, they went seven, eight, and one, I believe was their record. Not great, you know, but, you know, they showed a lot of improvement. They brought in this young quarterback that grabbed the bull by the horns and, you know, they took a step forward from what they've been doing in the last five years. And so that's encouraging. And I think that's why they stuck with that, you know, with that regime. And they kind of cleaned some people out. They brought in some talent. And they're really starting to make a move. Um, you know, I think if Kingsbury can kind of get it to that point where he's like, okay, rough first few games. We're starting to improve. You know, Murray's kind of figuring out the pro game pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I just think there's a, a big difference. That's all. I would say if you ever wonder how much we enjoy the NFL, just think of the fact that we've been about a, an hour and 40 <laughs> minutes on the draft. <laughs> you know, I'm, right, I'm going right. to give you a, another team that it, nothing really stands out here, but the Patriots had a great draft so far. Well, there's they, a shock. They, they took Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver, 6'2", 228, as their first pick in the in, – there's their number one pick out of Arizona State. Kid's an absolute freaking stud. Dude, the Patriots to me yeah. remind me of our buddy House in our fantasy. Well, he's in a lot of our leagues, but mostly in fantasy baseball, where every year you end up going, How did you get him too? How did you get him too? I mean, and you're like, Because you, it's always like, This is a guy who fell too far. That's who I'm taking. Well, well here, they got Chase Winowich out of Michigan, the defensive end who's an absolute animal. Animal in the third round. So now, why did the guy go in the third round if he's such an animal? I don't know. The guy is an animal. He's got long blonde hair flying out of his helmet. He flies around the field. I wouldn't want to get hit by him. Clay Matthews twin, huh? Yeah, basically, I, the guy's a freaking animal. <laughs> I, I just, I, they've got more players. It's just like, good lord, I want, they just have a way of picking these players. Value, baby. Value. <laughs> Just this guy fell too far. Yeah. So I'm gonna take well, him. Maybe uh maybe Dan Snyder's finally learned uh how to draft after all these years. Well, I thought you were talking about the Patriots. I was. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, I know. I I was he was. I was switching the topic up there. I was just <laughs> he was. You know, I know you Well, I you know, we were talking about successful drafts and I guess I was trying to trying to kinda of go back to the Redskins because that was kind of a uh a consensus between the three of us. Yeah, we you all. Know, and we I all. think. However, it was Dan Snyder uh, was convinced by his people to not trade up to get the player he ended up getting falling into his lap in fifteen might have been a hundred percent when he was going to wait for the first quarterback to go, and he thought the Giants took the wrong quarterback, and then they were like, "Oh, there's not enough teams in front of us that want a quarterback anymore." Well, you know? I'll, I'll tell you what, because. Miami was a surprise. They didn't take a quarterback. Who'd Miami take? I don't know, but they didn't take a quarterback. I'll tell you what. I'll just I think they're let, let, on uh, Rosen. Let's go, uh, let's go back to uh, – because the fourth round of the draft already started. Okay. Right, right now. So they got Dwayne Haskins at one. They got Montez Sweat at 26. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, Ohio State, in the third round. Good wide receiver. Good, good value, okay. Yep. Guess who they got in the fourth round? Like I wouldn't know. Bryce Love, running back Stanford. He's good? He was one of the Heisman Trophy candidates. What? Oh, the Redskins he, took him? Yeah. Nice. So Redskins I, I, have, the Redskins have had a good draft. They've had more than a good draft right now. That's an A-plus draft yeah. right there. 
Well, good for them. They haven't had many of those. No. <laughs> Although they did pick Cousins and RG3 in that same year, but, I mean, granted, they both were they were both good, but it was also – Well, here's what happened. I mean, picks. Bryce Love, with, with the nagging injuries, I mean, he fell all the way to the fourth round. So is that, does that mean that they think that the injuries might be speed zapping uh, as they begin to pile up? Well, I mean, look at Leonard Fournette. He was always known to have nagging injuries. And look with with been terrible. Been, yeah. yeah. When, I mean, he, when, he's, when he's good, he's good. Right. He's a very good player, but he's not in there all the time. And then boy, we also saw kind of the meltdown last year that he had. Oof. You know, that was that whole team. <laughs> that, that, that I don't know what happened to the Jaguars other than I think that they just overplayed a little bit the year before when they went to the AFC championship. But I mean, Bortles is gone, right? And I don't. Oh, he's done. And yeah. no one signed him. Not that I know of. I don't think anyone signed him. I guess I just don't understand how Bortles can have the talent he's had and have the good games and the good stretches he's had, and not be a potential candidate for someone who actually knows how to mold a quarterback. I feel like Kansas City has, or Jacksonville just doesn't know how to do quarterback. But I mean, like if he went to the Eagles, I mean, I know the Eagles have stuff, but what a great backup Bortles would be for the yeah, Eagles he, he to have. Yeah, he would be a great backup. I mean. And I did want to talk to you about the Eagles' philosophy on running back. How many running backs do they have on their team? They have a lot. Any given <laughs> they, have, they have a lot because they, they've all been dinged up. They're all great. Ta- they're all really talented. Smallwood, Clement. Um, uh, 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 well, you got your big the, guy. You've got Sproles and you've Adams, got Jason, Sproles Joseph Adaye and – um, or Adai, however you say his name. Adai, it's now they've got back from that knee injury. now they've got Jordan Howard. They also picked up the guy in the draft. Yeah, we got. So I mean, what? Why is it they? I mean, how many? How many do they carry on their their roster? Because most teams have three, maybe a fourth, and it seems like the Eagles have six or seven. Well, and you think like when you think about how all the rosters are the same size. Where are they cutting bait otherwise or other places? Well, the, the thing is, is all those all those running backs have been injured at some point, so they've been so put, they on, put them on the IR. Yeah, and... yeah, uh, that's the big thing. Like Sproles missed the whole season except for one game, and, and Sproles was talking about retiring last year. So I, I, he, he, he should retire. retire. I mean, it's, he's at that he's point too where hurt. he is too he's hurt. He's too old. He's getting old. So I mean, he's a great little spark plug, but uh, it, it's just it's been running back by committee because they have to find that one running back that can stay healthy. It's really what it is. Well, you thought Adaye was taking over that spot, and they got but hurt. But then, what happened to him? What did he tear? Uh, I think he tore an ACL. Ooh. I remember right. Ooh, and that was pretty early in the season, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's so. why it was running back. And Nate Adams all of a sudden took the main spot because Corey Clement, who was the spot early, the year before, was hurt at that point, oh, okay. and then Wendell Smallwood just didn't seem like he had it, and it's just it's just it's just a mess there right now. He's running back, small, so, he's got a small hey. So I mean, they just got to get the they need their starter to show up and say this is the guy, and that might be our kid out of Penn State. I mean, yeah. like I said, he, he was right. He trained with well, Barkley every day. What is, what's the deal with Jordan Howard? Why did he get traded? Why did the Cubs trade him? They've got – I mean, I know they've got Tariq Cohen, but – yeah, the Bears, sorry. Um, they got Tariq Cohen. <laughs> Did I say the Cubs? Yeah. Yeah, eh, Chicago teams are all the same. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. I like the Bears. Um, that shocked me. They used both of them so well That's, on offense I, last season. I, it beats the heck out of me. And what did they get for them? What did the Eagles give up? Not much. I was it a third rounder or something? Hardly anything. I just – I don't understand that. The Bears are up and coming. They're not. They don't need to re, re reload. I mean, they have yeah. a good team, and they. I mean, they're they're going up. I just. I don't know, man. I just that was weird to me. Yeah, I I, I didn't understand that one either. And they, and they haven't taken a running back, have they? 
not that I and they haven't signed them. anyone. So why would you get? I mean, I understand they're like, well, we're ready for Tariq Cohen to become our number one. But dude, you still can have a two running back, two headed running back, you know, by committee. You just say Tariq Cohen is number one now, and Jordan Howard is number two. You don't trade the guy, and this is a guy that. I mean, I know that Jordan Howard, they kind of brought him out of nowhere. Like, he was always the chip-on-the-shoulder guy, and when he went to Chicago and started to produce, and they traded their other guy, was it not Cedric Benson? Okay, but... so here, here's who they got. Um, the Bears did take a running back, and they got a good one. Um, David Montgomery on Iowa State. Okay, so they did take a running back. Yeah. To back five, up Tariq. 5'10", 222. I mean, I love bowling, bowling ball. I've, I've got Tariq going on my keeper league, so I couldn't be happier to see him being, like, the stalwart now, so... Um, but I just I worry that he's a better change of pace back. I so. knew I knew I knew he came off, and I knew the, the Kentucky running back came off too. So I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, one of our listeners, uh, Sickles, and wanted to comment on because I talked to him a little bit about the um, Capitals getting eliminated. Yes. yes, and you know this is the the last year's champion, mm-hmm. right? He says that they blew two two uh, two times that they were up by two games. They blew the series. Yes. And then the final game, or the final game, they were up by two twice, and they blew it both times, and then lost in overtime. Yes, they did. So he also said that both of the Avalanche um, goaltenders are former backups for the Capitals. I believe that is correct. So I just thought that was some interesting tidbits to to throw out there for our audience, and uh, hopefully, what was the final score of the Avalanche game? Do you did five, you see five that? Two, five two. Oh, they only got one goal in the third. Okay, so it's not. It wasn't. I guess probably everybody quit playing probably by then. But, but and, and the problem with San Jose is they're very playoff tested. Yeah. So it, that's just that's and this is the first time in the playoffs in a number yeah. of years. Yeah. So and it was it was interesting. Like I said, I got home in time to see like the second period of that mm-hmm. game, and man, that was that was a lot of scoring for one period. It was. But it was. Dude, I mean, the Sharks are they look scary, man. They, I mean, the shots that they were making. So it seemed like I saw almost. I think I saw three goals in that game by the Sharks where. The guy like locked and loaded where he was to shoot it, and like there was no surprise to the goalie. Like the goalie was sitting there one on one on the guy, or was directly watching that player, and boom, just you know, didn't even seem like he even saw the puck. Top shelf, you weren't going to stop it. Oh I, well, the other one that went through his leg, through his butterfly uh, leg. I was talking about the one before, I think. Yeah, I but mean, uh, it's just. It's- and how many guys on the Sharks have big, long-ass beards? A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Good every guy I saw shoot. Now they have a lot of beards on that they team. Are, every single one of them looks like a mountain man. I was they just they do. They do. Great. But they're, they're, they're playoff. This is a real big big challenge for the Avalanche. Yeah. They're, they're playoff tested. They've been playoffs for a couple of years now. I mean, now that the number one team has been eliminated. All the number one teams have been eliminated. <laughs> so who is your, uh, who's your favorite to to match up in the final. Without even Stanley looking Cup. at Bravado or West or, or uh, Westbrook or uh, whatever uh, Westgate um, out of Vegas, um, if you're looking in the East, you have to look at Boston right now. I mean, really, Carolina just beat the Islanders in Game One in overtime. It was in in a, in a scoreless game going in overtime. They they won one nothing, and then you you look at the others. I, I, you got, I mean, Boston has has the goaltending. They have the players, and then in the West, you look at San Jose and you look at St. Louis. You know, I mean, can can Jim Montgomery, the former DU coach that got the Stars in the second round, they already lost once to St. Louis. Can he overcome that? I'm not sure if he has enough talent to do that. The Blues have a lot of talent, and they played great hockey at the end of the season. What caused both number one seeds to be taken out? 
Tampa just plainly they got swept. They got outplayed. They got out, they got manhandled. Columbus came out with a plan, and they have the the old Rangers coach uh, sitting there, and um, they put a plan together. Of, this is how we're going to beat them. They didn't stick. They didn't go away from it. They stuck to it. They played very physical, very precise hockey, and they had a series that that is legendary in my opinion. The takeout that Tampa scored the most, they got the President's Trophy in the league. And how and and do they, how, how prolific was their scoring in the playoffs? Was it was it extremely mute? Pretty much. I, I mean, that 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 one, I, I'd have to go back and watch the whole damn series again just to, to see it. Just to go, this is the best team in hockey this year, and they just got swept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like it's, I mean, it's, it's cool to see. Now, is that is it kind of does it speak to the parity of the league? I mean, is it is there not a huge talent gap between the number ones and the number eights in hockey? Uh, there's there there's there isn't that much of a talent gap. What it comes down to is your goaltending and Tampa Borowski. Uh, uh, no, no, that's that's not Tampa Borowski. Is Columbus uh, goaltender? He got really hot. Um, Tampa's goaltender got really cold in that series, and uh, it, it comes down to how you're so playing. Maybe it was just just caught him at just the right time to take him it's out. It's so funny how hockey hockey gets really streaky, and if you the Avalanche went into the playoffs on a hot streak, mm-hmm. and look what they did to Calgary. Right, real right. It, it, if your goaltender gets hot, look out because they it looks like that little puck is a beach ball coming at you, and you can get it anywhere. And if you can't score, you can't win. Exactly. If you can't put the puck in the net, you're not going to win games. Yeah. Just like kind of like how I wish Kershaw would get hot like that for the playoffs <laughs> once for the Dodgers. He's done better in recent years. Maybe you sit on half the season. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it looks, it looks good so far, but uh, hope that back holds up, man. Hope that back holds up. Um, we're down yeah, we to are a down real there, short man. amount of time. I just real quick in fantasy baseball, just wanted to bring up um, – there have been two rookie call-ups happened this week. Vlad Jr. finally had his big ascension to the big leagues and hit a double last night. Can I just say something? We talked about this for years. They had the shift on on him. What have I been saying? Drop your shoulder, hit it opposite field. What and did he, he did. do? He dropped his right shoulder down right down the right field line. Almost hit one out of the ballpark. Yeah. And, uh, Matt, unbelievable catch. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have been a home run either yeah. way, but it would have been to the top of the fence, which yeah. is, you know, so good on him for having a nice start. And uh, you can see they showed his dad oh, in the that, press box. I, I love that. that yeah, that And he walked fun. in wearing his dad's jersey. Oh, I didn't know his, that. Yeah, he walked in wearing uh, Elbeck's jersey. Interesting. I love um, it. I would say it almost could tell the Blue Jays would be like, oh, we don't want you wearing another team's jersey, but it was an old team, yeah. the only other Canadian and team. And, yeah, so I can, <laughs> you know, I think, I think they're playing him up as much as they can the because they don't have a good team right yeah. now. Um, and then the other one that was called up was Carter. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's either Keyboom or Kaiboom. Uh, I heard it this morning. I forget. <laughs> so he was called up for the Nationals. Um, he, his brother, his brother plays for the Nationals as yeah. a catcher, although he's in the minors in Double A right now. But he's he's had played in the bigs with them so far. Uh, so they both play for the organization. Called him up. Um, he was kind of a surprise call up, but they've had such a bad problem with um, injuries in the infield in uh, in Washington. They had to they had to call him up, and he hit a home run in his first game. Yep, and yeah, he did. Uh, um, Ironically, both of those players are on the same team in my fantasy league, which is interesting. The guy got them both, and they're both coming up. So, nice. um, the other thing I wanted to just uh, wanted to address real short, and I saw this because I played against uh, the one I have this week. His pitcher was um, uh, was the uh, Philadelphia game, Eikhoff, Eikhoff. And Eikhoff was through seven innings, 82 pitches, no runs allowed. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to get terrified because a shutout in our league is worth like 50 points. Oh, 
they took him out in the in, for the eighth inning. Eighty-two pitches, eighty-two pitches in a shutout, and the guy was taken out. And this is not the first time I've seen this this year. Ross Stripling was taken out of a game in the eighth inning at uh, seventy-seven pitches. Trevor Glass now taken out of a shutout in the eighth inning with I think seventy-five pitches. I mean, this has been happening a lot. Why are managers so afraid to let a guy go a hundred pitches? Just a hundred. Used to do hundred and forty. Well, it's all analytics now, like we talked about, and it's the reason for it is because you know that third time through the lineup, those guys are more likely to get a hit because they've seen you a couple times, and it's just an advantage to bring in a guy that they haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 analytics. That's that's what it comes down to. Just it's, that's seems why, like it's an, why do you think Tampa's been so good with their opener? You know, it gives them a different look. You know, the guy comes in, he goes through the lineup one time, and then he comes out, and then the middle guy comes in. You know, and then they put their big arms in to finish the game in the seventh, eighth, ninth, and it's worked well for them because it's a different pitching. You know, it changes the eye level of the batter, um, and it's just harder to deal with, I think, from generally speaking. So that's why they've gone to this new style. I'd just be, as a pitcher, I'd just be so frustrated these days. Well, and I, I think so the pitchers, I. I think the pitchers know sometimes that they're they're on a maybe a pitch count of you're going this many pitches, and then no matter what you're doing, we're pulling you. Right. I, oh, I, I, know, I, don't, I don't know. I know what I mean, I know they're so afraid of Tommy John, getting Tommy Tommy John surgeries and and getting pitchers rubber arms, and so it comes to analytics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened to Bumgarner after he had that amazing stretch for the Giants. He's yeah. had trouble getting back on track. We saw when Dave when Kane did that, he had trouble coming back on track. Santana had that super huge pitch count for that no hitter, and he was never the same again. Nope. So I understand that part of it, but my goodness, people, ninety five to one hundred pitches—that's not that high of a number. It, it's so. not. All right, well, so much for tuning into the show today. We're down to one minute. Um, again, if you can do us a favor and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, we would appreciate that. Please tell a friend or a family member to give our show a shot and give us a listen. You've got plenty of shows to pick from. You've got our sports offensive here today. We've also got the Alien Offensive Sci-Fi Podcast, JoJo War Drummer Ways Lacrosse Podcast, as well as we've got some Fantasy Roundup Podcasts specifically for fantasy baseball. Uh, I'd like to say uh, JoJo's podcast is going to be coming up soon. We're getting ready for the start of Major League Lacrosse season. Uh, Nate, any last thoughts? Uh, I just hope the Vikings get a couple more offensive linemen today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hope uh, you have a good time golfing today. I hope you have a good rest of your afternoon, and uh, I hope I'm able to stay awake and go see Endgame at some point today. So I think that's all we've got for this week. Everyone have a fantastic uh, rest of your weekend. Offensive out.